Welcome to Dual Win Games, episode 28. Today we review Mary Kaibo. And we go into the Board Game Geek Top 250, numbers 100 through 76. We are your hosts. Ryan here. We got Michael. And this is Tim. Tim, you don't sound as buttery as usual. Really? You told me the opposite just before we started. <laughs> you sound a little uh you sound a little husky. A little a little not that's a bad thing, it's just no. You know, it's good. not as buttery. Yeah. Oh. It's a winter husk. Not as much of that sweet butter. <laughs> well, among other things, I fluctuate with my voice. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to just power through it. I am i wouldn't say I'm really sick sick, but a little something going on with my throat area. Okay. So. Um, you got any recent plays? Do I? Oh, yeah. do I? What do you got? I recently played Everdell. Okay. It was a it was something I got for Christmas. So I played actually quite a few times with my wife already. And then I played at a recent game day. You picked it twice. It actually came out twice, yeah. So oh. uh I played it was my wife and Aaron. We played the first game at game day. And then later, we were waiting for the other group to finish up Specter Ops, so we ended up playing a second game. It was me and Aaron and Ryan. Yep. So no four-player games of it? No, I Why have is not. That? Is it because the fourth player wouldn't be able to see anything? So it'd be <laughs> behind that big old tree? Well, yeah, you got to kind of <laughs> snuggle in okay. to get around that. But I like the art of it. I like how the tree looks. But mm-hmm. in practice and when you're playing it, it's just obnoxious. For me, the tree was actually more annoying than I thought it would be, and I thought it would be pretty annoying. Well, so the draw deck is like into the trunk of the tree, and literally every time that Ryan would draw cards, he would hit it and shake the whole <laughs> damn thing. Well, I'd hit the, like, a couple times earlier, I'd hit, like, the branch or whatever that yeah. would stick out in the middle of the tree. Because there's, there's cards that are, like, laying on the tree. There's a few okay. of them that are, like, objective cards. And, like, the tree makes it shaded. I couldn't, like, read the two on the other side. So I'm, like, is sitting there. Is it functional at all? Or is it just... It holds stuff. It's just technically stuff. functional. But you could just take... You could take the tree off and then just lay it next to the okay. board. And I'd just like it, it better. You know, they have it because it looks cool kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Okay. It does look really cool. Yeah. Right. It doesn't... And I know, I, like, the, the little pieces, like, the... Yeah, the purple pieces like that stuff all look cool to me. Like, yeah, the I was little, looking into it. The little berries are like little, almost like squishy. They're like rubber. Oh, really? And like, yeah, okay. it's the components. Yeah, like, little stress berries, really I call yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why I'm them when I'm in games. Playing them. Yeah. <laughs> so when someone gave me the full card that was negative two, I sat and just squeezed those just berries. Squeezing the berries, it pops. <laughs> like, <laughs> real mad. <It> just... <laughs> I didn't get that like, mad. There goes that resource. So, awkward tree aside, I do really enjoy this game quite a bit it's just kind of a simple worker placement uh you're building up your little village okay just just buying a bunch of cards yeah basically buying cards just kind of uh, resource gathering buying cards for engine building comboing stuff basically i looked into a little bit and i like the art was kind of cool like whimsical kind of stuff like so like i was interested in it like it looked you know cool and everything and i thought maybe the gameplay might be decent but i one I would you know want to try at mm-hmm. some point, so get that out again. Yeah, I was 
Now, I did enjoy it. I guess I was expecting more. I was slightly disappointed from the game because of all the people. I've heard nothing but like people praising it and everything and stuff like that. But I thought there'd be more, just more there. And I knew it was like a lighter game, but it was even lighter than I thought. Because I thought okay. the worker placement's real simple, you know. Go there, get a wood, and yeah. draw a card. And then the, sweet berry. And get then the cards. Sweet, sweet berry. You know, the cards are real simple, too. You know, just pay this many resources, like any other game. Yeah. I don't know. It was just kind of... It was fine. I would play it again. You know, I wouldn't, mm -hmm. like, be mad if I was stuck playing it. I'd be fine with it. The nice um, thing I found with it, it plays pretty quick. For, like, when my wife and I would play two-player, we could easily set it up and play a game. We ended up playing, like, two games in one night, even with the kids running around. Because it was so easy just to, like, play through and then just okay. set it back up and just play again because it just yeah it kind of yeah. lends itself that at, at least from what i've seen the three-player game that we played i thought it went it seemed to go by fairly well. fairly decent okay. it can be frustrating when you're you have all these cards in your hand and you're either waiting for one of them to come out in the meadow like basically yeah. the face-up cards that you can see that combos with the cards that you have or drawing and hoping you get lucky and get the cards that you need because it was basically the first half of the game i was waiting for like a farm to come out and it's like one of the most common cards in you the whole deck yeah and i had some other stuff too where i was waiting for this or that and it's just kind of like ugh, this is obnoxious <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's my if i would say a negative about it i would agree with that because depending on your card draw and what gets placed into the meadow because you could build cards from your hand or from the meadow so if you don't get the right combos that you really need... Really kind of set something up and you just never have the opportunity for right. it to pay yeah. off. Right. Okay. So that, that can hurt it. And some too, uh, and maybe the more you play it, the more you know how many are in the deck. Like technically on each card, it show, there's like little slashes showing like, oh, the, the teacher bird has, there's five copies of him in the deck. It's, you know, it says on yeah. that card, but it yeah. doesn't say in the rule book like, how many of that card are in there? So you don't know if the two that you passed up earlier in the game is that it? Like, mm -hmm. unless you remembered looking at it, like when you didn't care about that card and discarded yeah, it. Yeah, trying to. I'm sure if you played it 20 times, then you could. Yeah. You'd catch that, but you know, playing for the first yeah. few times, obviously, you're not going to. Yeah. So I think if you took the tree out, Tim, mm -hmm. I'd be more apt to play it. <laughs> um, but I, I still enjoyed it. But it was, I was just expecting or hoping. I was thinking I would like it a little bit more than I did, but it was still enjoyable. Okay. So you don't need a trench coat for this one. Oh, really? I Maybe like one of those puffy jackets? You know, those big downy, yeah. like from 20 years ago? See, I was trying to think of like a, a witty okay. pun about like cutting the tree down and using the wood to present the game to you. But Didn't I had, come I up with anything? Yeah, yeah nothing. Too bad. nothing okay. Would have been nice. You know, like a... Like a Closet door or something. Uh, Michael, you got any <laughs> place? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, saw some uh, relatives over the uh, Christmas time there, and uh, played a you know they brought some games I did, and then played so played a bunch of those um, m more lighter um, a lot of them, um, but so I'll mention some of those. One was Codename Pictures, which for me it's the same as Codenames, but just with a picture. It's uh, so it's yeah. not. That doesn't really have any differences from it, which it's good, good game, but nothing. I would assume the pictures are kind of like abstract 
pictures or how does that like yeah not... so like there's some different stuff going on there's not like super detailing but there's a few different things in them like they're not not really super abstracty actually but okay not just like it's not just like a picture of a, a baseball bat and that's it yeah a picture like, of bob ross and bit, that's all it is or a little bit more yeah. with a lot of them at least um but but that but yeah they're not like super complex or somewhere there's all over the place like you can interpret it in so many different ways it's not quite like that uh, but it's fine you know if you like code names you'll like it so another unless one unless you don't like pictures unless you don't like pictures unless you're yes. a word man and yeah. a picture guy yeah. Yeah. that's i'm sure there's lots of those people out there so right uh, another one that you've both played ryan i'm sure you'll like this played flam rouge Ooh. so i believe that was your favorite game well i compared it to downforce and stuff and the game we had a flam rouge it went like i felt like it went over an hour it was just terribly long it's probably an hour long game but that's that's fine that's a good yeah. good game for that length yeah ours wasn't that long we actually played a, a couple games maybe played three games of it Ooh. um Ugh. it was definitely shorter than an hour but like i I kind of enjoyed it. I didn't love the game, but nice. I, I don't. Okay. I don't like it as much as it, like, say, Tim, like not quite downforce us. good. But I did like yeah, it. You're, it. You're losing me there. I did feel because <laughs> <laughs> there's, you know, you have the four different cards. You look at you know one of your racers first. So like you're deciding like you kind of want to have your guys close so that you're not both taken. You know, you're trying to avoid those. Um, That's the problem I had. Those the, uh, stuff. the uh, fatigue or whatever it is. And fatigue. It. Yeah. I never once drew my cards and like was like hindered. Like, from oh, it? I took too much because like, I took the most fatigue in that game, yeah. and I was never hindered by taking so much fatigue at all. Maybe it was just well, we had it in luck of the draw. For you. Did you guys play with like the hills and stuff like that and everything? Yeah. Okay, like so we did have that because first game I know I forget who. You know, one of my cousins, you know, jumped out to a big lead with both of his, and was, so he's getting, you know, fatigued with at least one of those every single time. But then there was a pack behind. Yeah. I think we were doing four players, um, and then everyone else he got way ahead, and then gradually kind of caught up. And then at the very end, like I think, ended up winning by one. Everybody else was right there. So like, that's how it usually back. is. Is everybody's just bunched all together, and somebody just kind of. Plucks in and wins. It's definitely that's close at the end. There's definitely luck to it as far as yeah. you know what what cards you get when. But it, I do feel like there's strategy with it, and like, you know, and you can't always get exactly what you want for it. So like, all right, I'm gonna do this one, put my five out. I'm hoping I can put my seven out with this other one. That'd be perfect. But then you don't get one, so it doesn't quite go the way you want and yeah. stuff. So like, I'm not saying it's a I didn't love it, but yeah, I didn't say it was terrible or anything. It's, it just, I just didn't get all the decent. hoopla. Like everyone's raving about how awesome it is and stuff, and I just didn't see it. I thought it was yeah. fine, but I'm, it was okay. I guess I'm a little more interested, like bike racing and like running and like the strategy behind that. I kind of enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the theme actually, I was kind of into a bit for the the bike racing one. So nice. So yeah, but did that. I might have to pick that up now for you, Michael. Well, for us. Well. Like, I'll really. play it. I don't want to <laughs> own it. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. <laughs> oh. Looks like you just no, got no. shot Say down. I'm overhyping it. <laughs> Another one played was Race for the Galaxy, which I've okay. played Role for the Galaxy. But I've always wanted to try that out. Race. It, very it so, like, a lot of the 
a lot icons. of them. Yeah, did it help knowing the icons? Going yeah, because I know that's one of the biggest things is people say for playing race for the first time is it's so icon heavy and yeah, yeah it really they definitely help knowing some of that stuff. But I haven't played roll a ton. I yeah. played it three times and we maybe, don't play and it's been quite consistent. a while. It's always one of those like, and some of those things like, oh, produce on here and. It's not a good that you produce. It's a card you place on there, just one of your planet cards you place on it. So it's kind of weird. Like, I never feel like if you produce and put a good on it, it would make more sense. I think I'd catch on So you quicker. do it in roll. I know, but, like, it that's always raised. bothered me okay. with roll, too, that, like, I don't – it doesn't – it just feels weird that's called producing, and it's just, like, another of the exact same things and that. So it's another one. It's very similar. Um, I probably like roll more. But How many players did you play? We played with, I think it was six. Oh, okay. There's a lot of I've players. heard this race is really good at two, I've heard. Okay. Two, three. We kind of did where like, you just kind of like everybody puts this up and just go and do all the things in yeah. a row. Two did it that way, which with six players, if you didn't, that would I mean, okay. the first couple rounds is fine. But after that, would be wait for you to do that and that and a lot of waiting, I think, with that. But nice. And the one... See, the one other one I wanted to bring up was Quirkle. Um, kind of an abstract game. There's six different shapes and six different colors. <laughs> Tim's falling so asleep Tim, over there. Tim's probably what? pretty interested in that. What game? <laughs> so, yeah, you basically place, you know, you got to place either the light colors in a row or um, like shapes in a row and, you know, kind of scrabble scoring. We're like, all right, three in a row here. And they also did sideways. So, like, three and two, so that's five. And if you get all six in a row, then you get bonus points for that. Is is a decent. Could you um, see Aaron picking one. it up? Yeah, I could see him enjoying that one. I don't, I don't think he'd like it as much as some others. I don't like it as much as some others, but it's a uh, not one of the worst ones I've played. That's for sure. Yeah. Hmm. So it's decent. The tiles, you know, nice thick tiles and stuff. So a little jealous you played race. I got to be honest. Yeah, yeah I'm but, jealous of that in Flum Rouge, but Corkle, uh, uh, you lost me. Yeah, I, I, I knew you wouldn't f- care about Flam Rouge and been fine, but uh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I was kind of excited because like I knew b- both of you had different opinions on it, so I was like, ah, see yeah. what I see who's correct. <laughs> so who's correct? And neither one of us. Is I was correct. closer oh. to Tim, I guess, probably, but <laughs> yeah, I didn't hate it. Kind of in the middle. <laughs> keep saying that. Neither of you. You keep just, saying that, but I don't. It's just the hype was. There's a lot of frothing going around and. I didn't see much foam when I was playing it. <laughs> Is that an analogy check out? I'm not sure. <laughs> Speaking of uh, a lot of foam and froth, we recently played a game, Ryan, you and I, mm-hmm. about froth and foam. Are you talking about taverns of Tiefenthal? Yes, I'm that so glad that pronounced you wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> took a shot at that before me. Yeah, taverns of... Ugh. I probably butchered it, but I didn't want to see your attempt. <laughs> <laughs> this can make out what it, the yeah. game is from that. I was just going to call it Taverns of So it's tea. by the same designer, about the same weight range as uh, Quacks of Quenlinburg. This is a very popular game. Uh, we haven't played that. We've tried to a few times. <laughs> a few times. <laughs> just hasn't worked out. That's on that growing list of games we've been trying to play at conventions. Yeah, Bunny Kingdom just, and yep. that are like two of them. Yeah. So I really want to try. Christ, I think I might like it and want to get it, but it's one I don't want to just buy without oh, right. playing first. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, hopefully someday it actually works out. <laughs> right. So it's kind of a kind of a deck builder. You know, you're building your deck up, and then on your turn. 
you're drawing cards, you're placing these basically patrons into your bar, and they have to f go into seats. You start out with three seats, you can get more through cards or upgrades, and you're basically you have other cards that'll go throughout your bar to help you get more dice, change dice, get more beer, different things like that. But once your seats fill up, then you're done. Yeah, You can't touch your deck anymore. So you're kind of doing that. You're using beer to buy nobles, which are big point scorers. So you're also using the beer to buy more patrons, basically to go into your deck. So you can draw. And when you get these cards, you put them on top of your deck. So next turn, you'll be drawing them right away. Money is used for upgrades, which gets you a noble as well as basically round around. I can hold more money. I can hold more beer than I used to be able to. I might get one of my own dice every turn now. And then you also are moving up on a monastery track or something like that. It just gives you one-time bonuses, benefits. So you're rolling the dice and you're drafting them. And then those will basically determine what actions you can take. Each card shows what die value is needed. And you're drafting those. You have some of your own dice sometimes that you get for yourself. And then you're placing all those dice on the cards that you placed in your tavern that round. And then you just do that eight rounds in a row. And the most points wins. No, that was kind of all over the place. But that's my quick explanation of it. Well, a game where you're getting a bunch of beer and stuff in a tavern, that that's right up my alley. It sounds... Uh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> so, Tim, what did you think? I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't really know much about it going into it, and I thought it was okay. I had a few, I don't want to say issues with it, but there's a few things where when you uh, when you start drawing up, you could almost have a bad draw where you draw three patrons right away and just completely fill your bar up, and then you can't draw anymore as soon as that your tables are full. So I know there's things around that, you know, if you p put more tables, you upgrade one of your tables. But it's, there were there was one instance at the end towards the end of our game that we played. Now I was getting blown away, so it didn't matter, but the first three cards I drew were all they just filled my tables right up. So I had nothing else to kind of help mitigate my dice. So it was a little frustrating, but it didn't ruin the game for me or by any means and then uh the nobles how those work because there's they they score you 10 points now this is a and he's probably right this is assuming aaron taught us the full rules correctly right i uh, that's what i'm looking at right now i was just looking at rules <laughs> clarification so <laughs> the way we played it now correct us if we're wrong is when you draw nobles they sit at the same table, but there's no limit to the amount of nobles that sit at one table. So in theory, you could have a stack of like 20 nobles sitting at one table and then still fill out the rest of your bar. All the other patrons take up one table apiece. Yeah. Okay. So like, what was it? What round were we even in when you basically broke your deck? It was probably the last at least three, three or maybe four. four. Three or four rounds, basically. Yeah. Where it worked out where Ryan drew every card, basically the last four rounds of the game. 
So he had no cards in his deck, just completely filled his bar. Or he didn't even fill his bar because he didn't have enough patrons. I didn't have enough patrons to fill up. But you had so many nobles stacked up on one table, and then you had enough on the other table. And it was just like, oh, there's 30 points. And then he was able to, you know, he had enough beers where he could buy. Each round I'd buy the max amount of nobles. Nobles. And and I I was getting upgrading something to get another noble. Yeah. and... And at that point, you know, we're four rounds to the end, and I can see he's way far ahead of me now if that's just the strategy that's it you know and i just didn't see it right away and you know i'm typically just horrible at games historically yeah. anyways well, you're definitely right in line with aaron though you guys are real close i was like so yeah what was the final score like 95 you guys had about 80 90 and yeah i, I was about 200 close yeah, to 200. yeah you were almost 200 was that the first time aaron had played that game yeah. too yep so maybe it you know, we have that sometimes where you know we'll get a rule wrong the first time, so maybe there's something in there that will maybe mitigate that. Yeah, so. and I know the game has tons of modules that look like two, yeah. but yeah, it. it uh, I would call if I had a beer in this tavern, I would call it crashing waves. So you know, the f- when I first was playing the first couple of rounds of the game, it was kind of like you know the waves building up. I wasn't really digging it. As this. I don't know. I just was kind of like, I don't know if I really feel about this. And then the next few rounds, you know, the wave is kind of like coming over and it smashes down. It looks impressive. I was like, oh, this is pretty fun. You know, I'm putting my cards out. And then the last few rounds, it basically, you know, the wave comes up onto the shore. Hardly any water left. And it's got like that foamy stuff and it just kind of fizzles away. Just okay. Kinda, the game All just right. kind of like fizzled out. And I was doing the same stuff the last three, four rounds. I knew I was going to play my whole deck out. I knew I was going to buy a bunch of nobles, and it was just rinse and repeat. It was just kind of like, yeah. well. Okay. The game was over yeah, and with I knew three rounds left. They had absolutely kind of no chance because this rich get richer. Yeah. Yeah, have to look into it to see if like, the game is broken that way or if. Probably not, but, but I mean. With, if that's if the way the game goes, doing then. that same thing. I suppose, yeah. Because I just basically upgraded and thinned out my deck so that way I was. If everyone would have been doing that, would it made it any better or it just would have made the scores close so this is my thought on that like yeah it probably would have brought cl- scores closer together but if that's the only strategy exactly that's yeah. viable is to thin your that's deck and just go for nobles like crazy it's like you know it, it's a little frustrating yeah but now again that's only my first play is that really how the game works Maybe, maybe not, but that's just what I've seen on one play. Yeah, we could have got a, c- a couple of things wrong, a few things wrong, even small right. things so too that could have changed. Would, the... I would definitely like to try this again because I did like the you know how the dice worked, how you're upgrading your tavern, and your... But the player board is neat. How it, was it really was worried me at first because like a bunch of puzzle pieces all coming together, but then like it fit together nicely, and you flip yeah. over certain pieces of your player board when you upgrade it, and that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, with the whole tavern beer theme, like it's definitely one I'm interested in. So hopefully, I mean, we'll play sometime because I, I want to at least it, try it. It has the theme, but there's absolutely zero theme at all. But it's it's beer, so you know. Yeah, Michael, I'll just drink a beer while playing. Yeah. Boom, theme. <laughs> so that's crashing waves for you. <laughs> so we all played a. It was, it was new for me at least, but I'll yep. played um, a few games of uh, just one. Yes, just one. So that's a game where like it's a cooperative, like super light party type game, and yep, a little word game. Yeah, just you got 
and it's 13 cards you play with. One person puts one, puts it on your little tray in front of you so that you can't see it. There's five words on there, and you pick a number. And then whatever that word is, then everyone else writes down a one-word clue. You know, really? One word, or you can actually do a symbol, too, or something, but a one-word clue. And kind of the... Yeah, like you know, the that, word that you say, oh, number three, so that might be banana. Yep. And then so me, Tim, and Aaron are writing down a hint on our little player board thing, and I might say peel, Tim might say uh, slippery, and Aaron says split. Michael closes his eyes, me, Aaron, and Tim all show our words to each other. If we have different words, we're good to go. Michael can open his eyes and look at it. If any of us write the same words, they canceled out, and Michael might only see that Tim wrote peel. Yep, or we played with five or six players, so like... Instead of four or five clues, we had only see like two or three, and that's real. Like the, the the hook on that game is the you, you might not see all the clues kind of thing. And I don't know about you guys, but I I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, trying to give like all right, you know, hopefully get a few like more, he, um, you know, on the head clues, but also some like more obscure ones, and trying to figure out like, well, what's this person? What reference can I make that's gonna like make the other things people give you know them and make it make sense yeah yeah i mean we talked about it at origins we both all liked it more than we thought we would um i enjoy this one for a late especially later in the night we played it earlier i did enjoy it but when we played it later in the night it was just funner because everyone's tired making stupid jokes writing down making dumb dumb mistakes and stupid (laughs) stuff i said one of the the clue word on accident out loud once (laughs) and almost did it right away after that So then uh, what I would say is if you like code names, you're going to like this. The better, the part I like more about this is that it's, it's more interactive. You're talking more and joking yeah. around more than code names, but similar yeah. type and it's of. Not, like with code names, sometimes like when you're given the clues, like you're sitting there like a long time really trying to think like, how do I get all these things together? Like it's more thinking there than this one's like, hey, you think about the clues and stuff, but it's just like a lot easier and simple than yeah. code names for that they, so you, they both get they both let you feel clever though which yeah. is what i think why gamers like these games because mm-hmm. yeah they're party games or light games so you can play with your family but you still feel like you get to be clever giving that clue that no one else thought of that it's like oh that's a really you know. like interesting way of going about giving a clue for something and like a few of them are like all right i want to make this reference but like I don't know if Marv knows this because you know he's younger than us. <laughs> yeah. and, like, the thing stuff and that we Marv. think every single person knows <laughs> on the planet, yep. like, well, maybe he doesn't actually know that. Like, uh, and nope, you kind of look didn't at know him that and one. you're like, yeah, he doesn't know what this. <laughs> yeah, like there's certain clues I'll only give to like maybe one person mm-hmm. in the group that might get it yeah. because like, oh, I know they like this kind of music, so I'll give them this clue and just weird things like that. So it's funny that you say it. It makes people feel clever. I would also say that it makes people feel really dumb. Oh yeah, it could definitely do that but, too. Which, which that creates the my favorite moments of our game nights when, and it really like makes like a lasting impression. Like when we played Code Names, and it was you know <laughs> when you the clue was Mount and Rushmore and, and I think Everest were both Everest, out there. Yeah, and uh, I only saw one of them. Yep, and there's some other one too. Like maybe like there's something, something new with a horse or yes. something. Like it was like. 
kind of an obs- more a little bit more obscure one that you're trying yeah. to get. And that was the first one the team guesses, and that was the the assassin. Yeah, like, yeah. I said, said Mount, Mount, and I like, just did not see Rushmore, and they're like, "Oh, Rushmore like, well, is one Rushmore of them." And I'm one. like, "Yeah, obviously." I was like, "That's oh, the lose the game the one, <laughs> game card." Whoops. So, good hint. <laughs> so that's you know something that sticks with you, but like last night when we were playing, and it was the clue that we had to write down was something to do with weather. Yeah, weather was the... And yep. Johnny in our group writes down Janet. <laughs> and we're all sitting around trying to figure out what he's trying to mean. You know, maybe he's, like, thinking on the next level. Well, here he's looking at the word above weather that is Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> and then... But- so Janet Jackson and then Marv's like, well, who's Janet Jackson? And it's one of those like, well, everyone knows that Marv. Right. Yeah, it's just funny. It's like, man, like, Johnny, dude, is that like some like really good hint that I'm just like not aware of? Yeah. Like, nope, nope, it wasn't it at all. <laughs> but yeah, moments like that are what makes it funny. You're just having a good time with it. And like, you you give some thought. It's like not, you're not stressing your brain a ton, but you're like, you're, putting you're trying to be you know getting some clever clues in some that's like real boring clues but like when you think of a good one that like man i got this for this person that's what makes those super light filler games the best for me is the moments that you said tim and then like that time at uh when marv just killed his it took the sheriff's role and then killing him like (laughs) he's a deputy like the next round or something there's all that crazy stuff oh yeah um, the last one for me on my list is a two-player game, two-player only game, and that is Tarji. So this one, me and my wife played a couple times, and you have a grid around the board, which is the same each time. It's basically a round tracker. And then in the center of the board, you have some goods and tribe cards. Goods are just basically collecting resources. Tribe cards cost a certain amount of resources. And then they give you might give you some victory points at the end of the game, special abilities during the game, or uh, basically objectives to complete to get more points at the end of the game. Now, the kick to the game is when you're placing basically your workers out, you have to place them on the border cards around the outside. If you put one in column or row three, you know, my wife Sarah, she couldn't put her figure on the opposite side of that. I could, she couldn't. So we're going to place three of these out, and wherever they intersect in the center of the board, we're going to place one of our markers down, and we get the actions of where our workers are, and then our fi- uh, our discs basically in the middle of the board. So you might get four or five actions, depending on where you play. That part was pretty interesting. I like the, well, what is she going for? Can I block her from getting it? There's ways to get around being blocked on it, too. It was It was fun. I'm not like raving about it but it's a good half hour hour lighter but still gives you some good choices to play during the game yeah because i know we went through this on the top 250 list and i was this is one i was quite interested in in playing in that it looked like a like like a fun one so excited to to give that one a try sometime how long is like half hour game um i would say between a half hour and an hour just depending on how much AP, I would say yeah. it's somewhere in there. It's hard okay. to say because Maddie's off doing her own stuff. Yeah. Or whatnot, but I'd yeah. say somewhere in there, 30 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where an hour might feel like it's a tad too long somewhat, but it's about it's about what I'd say. Okay. Sounds like another two-player game that you guys can play without me. Nice. 
<laughs> we like those. <laughs> uh, the last one I wanted to mention was, uh, I think you had mentioned this was played at, at game day, is uh, Spectre Ops. So I'd only played it one time before. been quite a while, so I was like, I remember it kind of, but I don't totally remember. Um, so I actually played two games of it because I were playing and um, Marv was the agent, and we... <laughs> defeated him in four rounds <laughs> oh was he just running down the middle of the road sprinting like no. out in the open so you guys could see him not doing that but he went to like to the right so he wasn't in like the road where it's super obvious there but i was like well if he like just sprints this way and tries to get as far as he can get as fast as he can he'd be like here so i i was the the beast thing where you can sniff yep. or whatever so i did that like and we were like on it was like the second round or something did that and like he was close i'm like well i think he can only be like here and then johnny used the gun to shoot him and then he moved again i was like well if he's really going for it again and not trying to like like get away or something like that he'd be like here so went there said he was there johnny shot him again and then like and then i landed on him game over like so they sent in this little spy into the facility and he's just instantly he gets immediately caught getting shot and killed you know the funniest part of that so you guys were playing downstairs we were upstairs marv came up because his bag was upstairs and we asked him how's it going he's like oh really good you know i'm, I'm the agent and you know, they're, they kind of got onto me a little bit, but I, I think I'll be okay. And, like, he was, like, really talking it up. Like, he's doing really well. Like, a minute later, you guys come upstairs. Yeah, we killed him. Right? Yeah, he's dead. It's like, like it was the, it was basically sounded like it was the next turn. Yeah. And he's dead. Like, it just. So you weren't. No, you weren't okay. No. <laughs> you were you were pretty far from okay. Like, you didn't even get that close to arming Getting one. Away, yeah. <laughs> So I hear they sent another spy in after that. Yeah, yeah so I switched it up because uh, Marv was just, just terrible. So <laughs> we we switched it up, and then I was the, the agent the second time. So Johnny and Marv were coming after me. Did and you get past four rounds? I got past four rounds, yeah. It, I going Playing that game, I was like, it's incredible that someone could lose that fast. Like I don't know that <laughs> unless someone just doesn't get out of the main road. I don't know if you could do it faster. Like literally running down the main road. <laughs> he run, yeah, he just gets run over by the car. <laughs> so that took us significantly longer, actually. Yeah. Um, I armed two of them, and um, Johnny had the ability, the precognition ones, so you had to tell when you're you going to be arming next. So I was on the third one saying I was going to arm it, and then Johnny went to a spot, wasn't it, and then Marv, like I was Marv, there's a couple of good options for him to go to and just pick the right one. Like if I think I would have made that, there was a really, really good chance I would have gotten out. We're in round like 33 and I was on the other side of them. So I don't know that they could have caught me. So I, I was, think I was pretty good, but real close. Mm -hmm. And it's, no, I, I like, it's, I like it as like, you know, chasing after the agent. I think I like it a little bit more as the agent, just because like, it's a little more tense. You yeah, know, and, and you're listening to them talk like, mm -hmm. well, I think you could be here, here, and you're at one of those spots, and they yeah, just right, like, just uh -oh, sweating, just uh -oh, hoping, uh -oh. yeah. <laughs> and then like they put it on your spot, and you're like, shit, and then they move it to the other one, you're like, oh, or it goes the other way around, yeah, it's like yeah. such a high like, wall. Like, if they move their guys, like, I'm fine, and one of the times, like, if he does the car, like, that car thing where, like, you yep. see, like, all right, what direction, I was like, 
they do that, I'm in a lot of trouble. And I did that. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Thought I had this. And, like, you got your specials, like, when to use those. And you don't want to waste them. Yeah. But, like, sometimes, like, you get yourself, like, I need to use one of these now because otherwise I'm just toast. I love when you, like, when you almost, like, double back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they, they're they almost positive you're in one area, and you're just completely just off side of to the, the other side. Yeah. yeah. And it, it just makes you feel so good because yep, you're, you're like, like <laughs> I'm going to get to this bomb and I'm like, easily. Yep. We we know he's over here. Nope. Uh, I'm going to arm a bomb over here. The one thing they did they did really good was, like, even if I did that, I kind of tricked them on it. They would always leave someone so that they could they never move that one so that you could get across there without at least oh, seeing anything. Yeah. So yeah. they they never like really committed to a yeah. spot yep. to get me like, so well, if they were committed and got it right, I would have died earlier, but they never let me like, yeah, really like break out and like, all right, now I'm way past. Cause them you got to hope thing. you poke them a couple times and then you can't really commit until like right at the end when it's just like a mad when scramble. You know yeah. he's there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's one thing we learned here, Tim, that Johnny is on security detail. Pretty good job. Yeah. He's, yeah. yeah he's he, locked down. He did a lot of, a lot of smart moves that he, he put out there. So lockdown he, defender. Makes you, me want to play this good. game. <laughs> Would yeah. you rather play this or Fury of Dracula, Michael? Uh, this. Okay. Yeah. Like I like the hidden movement. I don't like right. I Oh, you agree? I'm agree. okay with oh, Fury I Dracula. You're bigger on Fury. <laughs> I love Fury Dracula. But I mean this game, I just you talking about it, it just like ah oh, man, I love that good yeah. stress when you're the agent. Hey, both sides for that matter. Because yeah. even when you think you know where someone is, it's always like in the back of your mind, like, it's like shit, how he got, certain he got away. Like, he's, he's on this other side of the map. He's yeah, going to arm yeah. that. And you have your special abilities, too. So that's kind of fun. Like, you have different, everybody's got their different specials each time. So, you know, how do these two work together? And, yeah. like, what's the best, you know, how do we want to approach this with my two character, our two characters, for example, in that game? Yeah. Like, well, you go first and do this, and then I'll do this, or, you know, you know, kind of deciding how to attack. And the nice thing, I've mentioned it before, the nice thing for me about this one is, yes, the agent is funner, more exciting to play, especially if you can handle that pressure or stress. Mm -hmm. Just playing the hunters is more fun. You feel like you got more to do, and you're in the action more. Yeah, they're both a lot of fun. It's not like I really like one a lot more. To me, I like the, the challenge of trying to, like, you know, one against many kind of thing, like that challenge of, like, beating everybody, but... It's a lot of fun as a hunter too. Like both, like some games, like I only like it on one side, and otherwise, but like you never feel like you're not doing anything either. You always feel like you're doing something. Like Fury Jack, that's one of the problems. Is like sometimes like ah, I'm not really gonna be doing anything for a few rounds here as a as a hunter. Tim, you got any more recent plays? No, but well, I think Michael really talked me into getting that. Uh, oh, the second yeah, Spectre Ops or whatever. I've been wanting to get it for a while. Do you know? Is that like? It's, I don't know a lot. Like, is it basically just same, like a lot changed? It's or not the same, much? like, s- same thing. So just different agents and hunters, basically. Okay. You know, t- different same map. Same with like new new people. Yep, and new map like and then different people. Okay. Type thing. Yeah, you should get that. Well, if that wraps up recent plays, should we sail on over to our review of Amerikaibo? Let's do it. Amerikaibo was designed by Alexander Pfister and published by Capstone Games in 2019. It plays one to four players in 60 to 150 minutes. Marikaibo is a competitive game played over four rounds in which players are sailing their ship around the Caribbean and taking actions based on where they land. 
will be taking village actions to gain coins and purchase cards, which are used to get one-time ongoing action or income effects. You will also be taking city actions, which vary from game to game, but always include exploring, as well as fighting, in which you fight alongside one of the three nations to gain influence and endgame victory points. There's a lot to do in Mario Kaibo, and the player who best builds his engine for success at the end of four rounds will be the seafaring lord of the Caribbean. So how do you feel about the component quality in this one, Tim? I'm almost a little torn. Torn? Yeah, almost a little bit. So I think the component quality is good. You have the deluxe edition, if I remember correctly. So we are playing with the super nice metal coins. Yeah, so the only difference in the deluxe or special edition is metal coins instead of cardboard. The cardboard ones are... They're fine. They're standard. Yeah. I do like the art on the cards, the different the different people on the cards. I think those look really nice. I like that. The board, I think, looks okay. I'm not super big on it. But then, like, the player boards that you have, the little ships, I really don't like the art on that at all. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Like, on the back... Of the, I know we pointed it out yesterday when we played on the back of the, those cards, those little uh, objective cards that you're going for. When you flip them over, it's like a flag. To me, that looks. I don't like that art at all. On that, on some of those cards like that, and then I don't know what it is. Just the, the player boards. I don't. So care for, for me, much. the, the player boards. I mean. They just have the ship upgrades on it, so there's just not going to be any other art on there, pretty much. Besides, there's a little bit the in the background. Stuff. Yeah, I'm not saying there's a lot, and you know it could have just been nothing. But if I'm going to nitpick, okay. I'm going to say that's my biggest complaint is kind of the player boards. That didn't bother me. The part of the player board that bothered me is those little discs that you got to stack up. They're so small and fiddly, and you tap your player board, and a couple go flying. Yeah. I mean. I'll remember which stuff I was upgrading, and that rarely happens. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you bump it and you can just yeah. throw yeah. the whole thing around. Yeah, for like nothing really bothered me except that, like, the and I actually kind of the board art I liked a little bit more. I just I like the bright colors in that. Um, I like the a lot blue of and the green there. on the main board and stuff. Yeah. I like that. I, mm-hmm. I do I mean, like that. I wasn't, I'm not crazy about the art for me. I think it's it's fine, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. good, fine art. Yeah, and like I said, the board art, you know, I thought was okay. But, you know, it, it was almost like a down... Like, I thought there was, a, like, a big difference between the card art of the people, and then the board was a little lower, and then, like, the player aids was low. To me. Okay. They're all, yeah. They all were the same for me. Yeah, I for think. me, yeah. It was, it, was same just, way. it was all just fine. Fine. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the, the, those little brown toys, that, that one yeah. really bothered me quite... Just because they're so small and fiddly. Yeah. Like, Either an overlay or, like, a recessed board. Just a little bit... Or something. Or a little bigger bit bigger discs. tokens. That's, I think, would but help Especially lot. if you get the deluxe edition, if they had, like, an inlaid board. Where yeah. it was, you know... Well, if you still have to stack them, like, the problem was, like, two in a row well, stacking them yeah. was kind of the issue that I had with it. Yeah, you have to have... I mean, if you did recess ones, you have to have... A, open groove on the one side so you can get the second one out right. so it'd be trickier to do but just something a little bit different would have been nice for that or if the discs were just twice the size a little bigger disc yep. that would have helped that a lot. i think would have been yeah. enough to you gotta to make fine. the player board bigger then but 
Yeah. No, yeah but that, that played was plenty a very... of games where like just over you know, overboard with like the nice you know, yeah. the quality of those like a little bit bigger, you know. The uh, been fine. The player aid was a little uh, flappy. Just like the napkin. Flimsy. flimsy. Yeah. But again, I mean that wasn't Yeah. I'm nitpicking here for a reason. <laughs> I thought the I know the coins are the special edition, but I was surprised at the thickness and the heft of all the metal coins. They're like yeah. those felt real satisfying. To yeah. Jingle around. Yeah, like just, all metal coins are usually nice, but like those are like especially heavy. They're beefy. Mm. Yeah. Super beef. The rest of the stuff for me, I thought was standard, fine. You know, nice thickness, nothing over the top, but not terrible as far as yeah. like, production quality. Yeah, um, little cubes, meeples, tokens, yeah. Yeah, all those are pretty standard. Nice. How'd you guys feel about the theme? Did you feel the theme? <laughs> Anybody? Not a lot. <laughs> I felt like I was traveling around the Caribbean a little bit, only because I'm moving, moving my ship, ship around. Yeah, yeah. But as far as that went, I didn't feel like I was exploring. I didn't feel like I was battling with different countries. Yeah, fighting definitely didn't. So the fighting was real. I mean, it's just all abstracted. abstracted, but the fighting was like the especially the worst, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah like you really say, like with the like going to the different spots, like you know the the map for me looked nicer. Where like kind of felt like oh we're in this you know we're in the Caribbean here and going these you know they had the names of the different you know towns and that's like yeah. that like that's the only part that I kind of got it. Besides that, eh. You notice how many uh, different board games, like on the cities in the Caribbean, are actual oh, board yeah. games? Yep. Like there's, yeah, I felt like over half the cities were. I didn't at, notice more it than that until we the last time I played because I noticed a couple of them, but I didn't look closely at the names yeah. before that. This time but I did, and I was like, like, "Oh, that's oh. a that's a board game. That's a board that's game. That's <laughs> a board game." <laughs> yeah, it's almost like that might have been intentional. <laughs> but yeah, there is no real no theme really. If you're looking for the thematic euro game it's not going to give you that theme that you want correct i I would say as far as like a sticky index it's as if have you ever like stepped on like some wood that's recently had water on it and it's really slick so i think of that as like your ship going around and your deck gets wet and you're just slipping right off i haven't been on a wet deck before but i would yeah that's yeah, you're on a boat too, so like you're rocking around a little bit with yeah. the water, and it's a little okay. slippery. And okay. so that's you know how the theme fit for me is you know if you're trying to walk on this rickety wet deck. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's jump into the gameplay then. How did you guys feel about that? So, a few minutes ago, I said I was nitpicking some of the things for a reason, Oops. and the reason I was doing that was because. I really enjoy the gameplay. I will start off with a few negatives, though. We played a four-player game just the other night, and Michael and I had played before, so we were familiar with the rules. The other two were not familiar with the rules, and that's where my biggest concern came in. And even when I first, when Ryan, you first taught us the game, my biggest concern was the entry into the game was very steep. Like I thought it was just super complex right away because you're you're almost learning a whole new language. You got all these different symbols. It just seems so confusing. Mm-hmm. But after you play, it starts getting better and better. Now, this is what my issue was teaching two new players the game 
and having to sit and you know watch them struggle with it and yeah you're trying to help them and stuff like that but the whole time i kept thinking like okay i just want to like power through with this like it not power through it but it seemed like it took a lot longer than it needed to time wise time wise and it just that's my concern is that the you know the learning curve is very steep i think i think it's really similar to well so I know the rules really well compared to you guys. It's my game, and yep. I've read them and taught it, where I taught the game, and then I went and played a different game. So I could have been helping hold their hand a little bit more, where it's a little tougher for you guys to do. Yeah, but I, the main... No, what just not quite as well, because yeah. we haven't actually read through the rules. And I, as one of my cons, I could definitely see a first play for any beginners going long. It's similar to Great Western Trail, where everyone's doing... Super short stops. A lot of a lot of times, or they're overthinking things because they're trying to get their head wrapped around what all they're the doing, the iconography, things. what they can do, yeah. all those different things, how it meshes together. So I could see a first play if you have beginners in there, kind of yeah. like for my first play, and I do this with some games that are more complex. Like there's a lot of different strategies you can take, and I just kind of like, all right, I'm gonna focus on maybe one of them, and like. So I figure out how to do all these things. There's these other things that I sometimes don't even like totally figure out how to do. Maybe towards the end of the game I'm starting to get it, but like that way I'm not like overwhelming myself with these right. tons and tons of different things I can do. Like I'm I'm just gonna ignore those couple things I'm just gonna mostly ignore so that I can catch on a little bit more quickly. Like I feel like it's one where it's definitely overwhelming at first, just figuring out what to do like you have so many options like once you get into the game you know you're if you get through a couple rounds it it definitely starts to click and it it's not like it takes you two three games to like really understand what you're doing so it's not like super steep Mm -hmm. in my opinion yeah it'll it'll take you half your first game to kind of okay now i get it and then that second like when we played it the first time i personally really enjoyed it that second play I played it though, I was like really blown away, like even more because I, from the start of the game, I had a plan or I could see what my cards actually did, you yeah. know, type of thing. See how some of them relate to each other and stuff. So yeah, I completely agree. Once you get into that second game, that's when the game really starts to come alive and mm. you see all the different things you can do and how they interconnect and just, yeah. Yeah. So even though I said it's been negative, I still really enjoyed that four player game. But mm-hmm. at this point, I would almost prefer to play with just seasoned players. Yeah, because so if it, you haven't played before, we're not going to teach you. Right? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll teach you. Yeah. I won't. Ryan yeah. can. Yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> it's worth I, it. And I also, I enjoy that typically. Like, I like teaching. Even if I've played the game 30, a game 30 times and mm-hmm. it's one I really enjoy, I like teaching it to new people and seeing them get enjoyment out of it. And even if... You know, I'm blowing them away, or if I'm just trying something new, it's just fun for me to see them. The game kind of light for them, and them to just. And then by the end, you hope you know when they, you see them also it. like it. That's yeah. that's good yeah. too. Like because like this game, like I tried to like do a strategy that like I want to try this strategy. Like I don't think this is not what I want to usually do. I don't think it's really going to work that well, but yeah, try it in this game because you know playing with two new people and stuff like mm-hmm. that way. Unless it really works, like I'm not going to be blowing them away, and I certainly didn't. <laughs> so, aside from that, though, the things I really like about the game, I like, 
I like games that have multi-use cards, and this has it. And I definitely wouldn't say it's too much, but there's a ton on those cards. There's like those little symbols on the left-hand side. Yeah, you can use you know the tops, the good, the this good for stuff, and then the bottoms for completing different quest yeah, tokens the item on the board. or whatever it is. I like the movement around the map, and what I really like about that is because it's almost a timer, so to speak, of the round. So if you see someone starting to make big movements and start going ahead, you got to kind of almost stress out about, okay, am I going to have enough time to get to where I want to go? Yeah, what things do you need to do? Like, I need to do that, that last action spot where you can you know either explore again or battle again if you need to get there you need to make sure you're within those you can right. move a long ways so that helps you like if you're way behind two turns and you can get towards the end there but like you have to keep that in mind like what things do i need to do if you see someone yeah right. you can always you can move far enough where you're always going to be able to do like an action that you really yep. want to and you do have you know say tim's blowing through it he stops and then you know you have one more like Right. You have That's that extra round. That I, I it doesn't love. just end. Yeah. yeah. In this game, I love it that because that last spot is if you're going for an explore strategy, you want to do that that other explore action or that battling. Like, if you couldn't do that, like, then you have to really keep up with them the whole time. Like, it's more like, and it's not like you're moving two or three, so you can never catch up. Like this, yeah. you can move seven. There's different paths. There's shorter paths, so you can just well take the shorter path and yep. kind of fly up there and do it. So it, you. you like sometimes you got to move a little bit faster, but you're never like super stressed. Like now I can't do this. I, I'm just not yeah. gonna be able to get it done. You can always get it done unless you really, really move one, move one, and someone else moves seven twice in a row. And then the last round of the game, you're gonna get two extra turns instead of the one. Yeah. And because of that, like you said, Tim, it does a great job with the, the tension of the ship movement and round end is really good for that in the game. Yeah, it, it, like you know, how many different you know options are you know? You mentioned with the cards, like you know, these have this you know ability. Do you want to use the ability, or like some are you know? I want to get those ongoing round end like income, and, you know, the coins. But yeah, it's kind of cool too, where you have the victory point income as well. You're getting yep. each round, so that's yeah. it's kind of a unique, kind of cool thing that's in there. Like, so I don't want to use that. Do I want to go in these? put my assistants out so I can do these extra special moves that only I can do. Yeah, basically those assistants are cards that you play and then only you can stop there and take basically actions of that assistant that it shows Instead on the card. Instead of the normal village actions, you can do that one, yep. which, is, which is pretty neat. You know, do I want to, you know, kind of go on these quests, you know, and there's tough choices about what to use those cards. You know, you're, say, four, if you upgrade, you know, maybe have those six cards, like, well, I want to do this. And I have to use this card to do that, but I want to buy this card and like, you know, managing that hand and you know trying to you know get it so it's the right hand for what you need to do. And those tough choices about how to use those cards is is excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the card comboing and synergies uh, I think is important and it's fun. There's many different cards, but there's enough of the same cards that like to get the goods you want to buy or the cards that you might need. It's not like there's only one or two copies of that card because you're going through a big deck in the game, but there's enough of the same ones where you're, you're going to probably see what you're looking for most times. Yeah, you'll see some more than others, and you know that, but you'll most of the things you'll see eventually. Like, I, it's not one of those like, well, I'm going for this strategy, and if I don't get this one card that 
there's a 50% chance I might not see my game is ruined. It's not like that at all. Like you can do other things and that. And sure, if you get the right cards, it's certainly going to help. But, you know, it's, you're not feeling, you know, stressed. Like if I do this and set it up and it's never going to pay off and yeah. all right, well, what was the point? You know, ruin this game. You know, the game was ruined because it was, I didn't, dumb luck. I didn't get it. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the, I mean, each, like you guys mentioned too, but each card you grab, you got the, the two uses for discarding it for different things. You know, you might get rid of your cards to get some coins for village action. That card might give you, you know, your assistant action. It might give you income. It might give you instant benefits, ongoing benefits. It might give you those synergy tokens, which help build that engine and give you more income and different things. Just when you look at each card, there's just so many things that you can do with your cards. Yep. And you decide, oh, do I want to keep this in my hand, want to get rid of it? Or there's those three that you can save that, you know, do I want to put one up there, you know, and and use that later like that's yeah. a that's a neat thing that you can do as well it, it limits like now you can only you know purchase it and actually use the the abilities on the bottom you can't use it for goods and items anymore but you know it's a decision you have to make so like kind of expands your hand almost because there's those extra cards that are there that not clogging up your deck that you're waiting to buy and have right. money for so tim in mubasa I know you're not the biggest fan of the like the companies and how you know you get stocks in them and score points for how would yeah. you feel about the scoring for the influence track on the nations in this one because it is a little bit similar it's similar but what I really like about this when you battle if you spend enough battle points you can basically knock out a different colored cube or a different nation out of a different city so what this does is when you knock it out it doesn't go back on the board. It's basically discarded, which to me is the key difference is that, so I might be pushing for red, the red nation. I'm trying to get there Spain. out there. Yeah, Spain. So if Ryan and Michael are both going for blue, they can knock France. off. Come on now, get to the yeah. theme here. But yeah, anyways. <laughs> so if they're going for France, and they're knocking my cubes off, it doesn't go back on the track to hurt me to where I'm, you know, I'm extending myself out to get up onto the one track, and then you guys are basically clogging it back up and, like... You're not going to get any points out Right. Of it. This has it where it's they're, they're just discarded. They don't go back on the track. So it's a complete turnaround from what it was in Mombasa. And I, in my opinion, it's the best way that it yeah, could have been done. It's going to hurt you a little it, bit because it's not out there and whoever, you know, the most cubes out there, you get a little, you know, bonus at the end of the right. game, but it's not like severely hurting you. Yeah. Or it's like it's we not can going to hurt that multiplier like, that I've been anything. working on. Yeah. Yeah. It devalues it in a different way for the, yeah. having the most out there. And now in Mombasa too, though, it is hard to devalue it too much. I'm going to defend Mombasa here. Wow. Cause it's, <laughs> You might cover up one coin, but to cover up two coins, you're gonna have to move three. A lot of you have to remove a lot of buildings or get a lot of explore. It's really hard, but it is possible. But it is done in a more friendly way that's more, in this game. And that one, like if there are two people ganging up on it, then that's it's a what you yeah. do it. Where this game, if there's two, it's not that, as much of a concern. So you yeah. can't gang up on the one person's. It's done in a friendlier way. Yeah. it's not. It, not yeah. as confrontational yeah. kind of thing, I guess. Just say it. It's done in a better way, Ryan. I don't know which way I like better. You kept saying friendlier. 
Well, it is done in a. It is, yeah, but yeah. it's better. Different. You could say Tim it. certainly you. prefers it more. <laughs> I think it fits how he did it in both games very well. <laughs> and this one where you still like, and we mentioned you know going up in this track, like if you're doing enough of the you know the the fighting in that, you can go up on multiple tracks too and and get points in that. So it's not right. like you're. You know, you picked England, and now you're just doing England. You're never going to do anything else. You may want to just do England. That's fine, but you can still do other ones, and it can still help you. You're not hurting yourself by doing moving up on France as well. Yeah. How did uh, you guys feel about the movement in this compared to Great Western Trail? So there's similar where you're both moving around the map, and it's kind of a ti- it's a timer for the game. Mm-hmm. What I like about this. I th- the, Number one thing that I like that this added was because it's separated in different rounds, the fact that you can move more and stuff. We're at the end of Great Western Trail. You're like, oh, I need to get to here. That's just at the end of the game. But, like, I need to get here. And if I don't, like, that's a huge difference if I don't deliver this last time. Um, we're here. Like, you're never, like, super stressed out about getting anything. It. They both have their the advantages to it. Like, right now I like it. I'm not sure if that's just because it's a newer thing, a little different twist to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a different, little bit different structure because at the end of the round, you know, there's no rounds in Western Trail. You just the persons, you're you're just at different stages on it. You're you're not starting over. This one because you are starting over. I like the changes that were made. So in my I, they're similar, but they're completely different in my opinion because, and I I think Great Western Trail. I think it was done correctly where it wasn't determining the rounds oh, when the rounds end because people are building buildings and you have to spend your movement steps every time you land on building. Yep. So that if it was a round timer for that, I don't think I would have liked it as much in this one because in this one, yeah, you could put your assistants out there and you can stop there and use their abilities kind of like the buildings in Great Western Trail. But other players don't have to stop there or don't have to pay spend you. Spend movement points. Or, yeah. You, it's the same movement the yeah. entire time for that map. So that's why I think this lends itself very well for it to be basically a round timer determined yeah. by the players. Just, and I don't think I would like – I wouldn't like Great Western Trail if you could move up to seven spaces starting out the game because it's not actual rounds. Like Then you know you can just fly through too fast – for the game, in yeah. my opinion, where I think both of them kind of fit the rest Just of the game. Just like really Mombasa well. and this one with the influence and company tracks. We, it you know, it's with the game. <laughs> we were doing very well going from like Great Western Trail and Mary Kaibo, and then you got to ruin it and bring up Mombasa. Doesn't ruin it. But yeah, I think the changes, I, they're like slightly similar, but they are very different. Mm-hmm. But I think that the changes and the difference were fit the games very well right. and yep. how he does it. So the ship upgrades, I really like. You know, the first time yeah. it's real overwhelming, but now after playing it one or two times, I really enjoy looking and like, well, which... I'm like, man, I want to get six cards in my hand. Well, I want to take cards for free. Well, I want that five coins so I can get more cards out there sooner. Well, I want to get this extra village action or this extra combat action. Or, you know, All those upgrades that yeah. you can get and choosing which ones you want to do and in what order, and then you can get those really beefy ones on the right side of your player board. And yeah, because there's the 12 different ones, and was it eight regular ones, and then like 
VVV, you know, and some of them you have to unlock one to get another. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, that first time I'm like, what did the, what does this do again? Like, I don't even know what all these do. And it's like one of those, like, ah, I'm just going to go with these. Cause I know what these mean and play it that way. <laughs> um, kind of thing. And then, but now it's like so many choices as far as, and that's a big part of, you know, what your strategy is going to be like those initial cards you get, you know, I like that too, where you have eight and then like pick which ones like, all right, do that. And then if I pick these cards, I'm going to go for exploration. So I want to open, you know, this, you know, I want to open this um, spot up, upgrade up so that I can do that. And I love the, as much as I don't like the fiddliness of the tokens, I love the <laughs> ship. Yeah, make them a well, you're bigger. getting rid of those tokens. You're getting them off that yeah. player <laughs> board. <laughs> I keep knocking them all over. <laughs> Maybe that's the point. Make them annoying so people <laughs> that people just, want to get yeah. rid of them and just yeah. I don't think there's gonna be too many. No, I'm surprises. not doing my final. Thoughts okay, okay, or anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, a couple. I'll go over a couple cons for me. We already talked about a few with you know that first play for beginners. I think is always a worrisome thing, especially in this game. The un- upfront, um, cumbersome to learn that first game upfront. Yeah. Um, you know, the rule book I think could have been organized a little bit better. There's they explain everything, but like the icons and stuff are kind of different sections of the rule book so that could have been condensed better or all at the end i think the setup is kind of long and fiddly specifically the project cards obviously putting the ship tokens on your player board and then yeah. the project cards i like it though because it gives more variety to the game because you're using i don't remember how many cards are in it but you're using this a deck you're using all the cards in there every game but then the b deck you're grabbing 40 of maybe i don't remember but uh probably 120 130 cards and or those something are all like random that. right yeah there's some okay. there's there, a lot of them are similar to the cards in the a deck but different mm-hmm. and there's some other ones but i like that at the same time where it just gives me more variety each time yeah. i'm playing it just takes a while to set up yeah know, it just takes you can't it's, really it's, avoid it's, that if yeah. you want that kind of you know variability yep. and, and i like how the cities change each game you're always going to have the explore and the fight yeah you're going to have, you know, two other ones of like maybe eight or nine different cities that are switching out every game. And different quests to each time that'll come out. Yep. The uh, the variety of scoring and strategy is, you know, it's kind of a point salad game where in strategy where you go on influence track, you can get explore track, assistance, your cards and income can give you a lot of points quests i don't think quests can be a main strategy but they're definitely a supplement to your strategy what i tried this last game was like quests as the main strategy and it didn't work out very well it can definitely be a a part of a strategy but it you know that can't be like the main focus that you're going for i just i don't think that's unless you get like a ton of those compass symbols but it's it still I got a bunch of them. like the problem was that other people were also going for quests. So yeah. then, like Yep. You you'd almost have to do it where like you're getting a bunch of those and other people aren't going for the quests yep. to be able to do that. Otherwise and then, like the synergy tokens, the ship upgrades, all that stuff, just so many ways you can score and so many options that you can go each time you play the game. You know, it's got that dump truck of different things that you can do that just fit really well together, you know. Like Great Western Trail for me. It's kind of got just tons of mechanics going on, tons of different things. And once you learn the game, it's just a blast to play and explore. Yeah. Every time I've played it, like, that was a fun strategy. I like doing that, but I want to try a different one. Like, ooh, I like that one too. And one thing I I did notice on this, like, I think you have to kind of, like, 
kind of focus your strategy pretty early in the game, either with those first cards and the first um, upgrades you decide to do, but like you can't just like be trying to do everything, move up on all these things. You can dabble them a little bit, but you can't try to... You, you're never going to win if you do equal amounts of everything. It's just not... You're not really going to maximize your scoring potential. Do you guys have a preferred strategy that you have the most fun with? No. No? I've had fun trying each of them. You know, the the questing, the battling. I've done a little mix of both. I like dabbling, or I've done both, where I do the exploration, the battling, and, you know, I've just kind of, uh, I've done a mixed bag in the last game, doing a little bit of both. So, not really. I just like, I just like playing it, I guess. Yeah, and I've done where, like, you know, trying to get the, you know, to get the cards and those, like, you know, the, you know, ones with, you know, quite a bit of points, you know, building up income so you can get a lot of cards and get the the victory points on those, like, at the end of the game, but also the during game ones, you'll yeah. get more on the, whatever those, the ones that you flip over each round. I don't know what those are called exactly, those cards. Prestige that you buy, buildings. Prestige buildings. You know, you got, you know, those. I like that those are different, too. Like, everything is, like, so much variety in the game, too, or everything is going to be a little bit different, or at least in a different order. Yeah, and... and it didn't bother me in this game. I don't know why the prestige buildings, you know, you flip them each round, so you don't know what, but I don't know why it just didn't bug me that I didn't know ahead of time what was on there and what to go for. Not sure. It just didn't. Yeah. Like where I kind of mentioned in yeah. Architects, I kind of wish that I had yeah. seen those, but this one, it, it just doesn't seem like that you know, necessarily is going to be your, your biggest thing. It can kind of enhance a, where you're like, oh, this card's going to fit here, but you don't, there's usually one that you can invest in, I guess, because yeah. you have to actually pay money to invest in it. You don't just auto score it right. if you happen yeah. to do it, type of thing. That might be Maybe why. That's it, yeah. I think so. Yeah, that would be that'd be very different. Like, you know, hate those like get to the last round, one of those flips over, and like, oh, great, this person was going for this yeah. and it popped up, and I didn't get it, so they're gonna they just get it, but they get they have to 30, pay to actually twenty more points, and yeah. I didn't have it. I will say I. I'm probably the weakest solo gamer of the group here. Um, probably. I actually played this solo four times. I really enjoyed it. The wow. competition with uh, Gene, the solo player, was <laughs> very tough. I played him on medium difficulty four times. Three games were real close. I won one of them, and I got blown away in a different one. It was good, though. He moves pretty quick, so you, I kind of learned it. You know, he doesn't move, like, terribly fast where you don't accomplish anything. You get quite a bit done, but he does move at a hefty pace, speedy pace. Okay. Little Gene. Um, and it's one I would actually, I still have a craving to play it. Usually, I'll play a solo game once, maybe twice, and I'm I'm done with it. Yeah, that's enough. So, <laughs> One thing I maybe should have mentioned earlier was that um, this you can play it as a legacy game. Um, we haven't done that at all yet, so we're just talking about the you know, setup and play, the basic one, game or whatever, just one-off yeah. game. So, and how it, how it works is you're going through these story cards that tells a light little story, and you're adding each game, you're adding more tiles to the board. They might be new action spots, or maybe it's takes more movement points to get through a certain area of the board. Uh, different okay. quests that you're trying to. Do just different things like that. Yeah. 
not a typical legacy game where you got to like ruin your game or anything like that. Yeah, like now this game is permanently changed because you put yeah. these stickers out there, and you know it's those are always tough for me because if I don't like that, the game is kind of ruined. Yeah, then. you're stuck with it. Yep. <laughs> that's game forever. Yep. Enjoy. So Tim, yes, ready to get on to our final thoughts. You're kind of the biggest uh, Fister critic. You're trying to keep me down <laughs> on him all the time. <laughs> well. Yeah, a little bit. There's, you know, he's, this game's been building for a while. When it was first announced, I think you might have even called me. I didn't call. I don't I call like, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Lies. If I had called, it would have been pretty pretty impressive. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's It never happens. You don't call. You text. But you were obviously just going through the roof about it. Could not wait to get your grubby mitts You're on like, this game. Oh, I hope this game comes out soon so I don't have to hear about this forever. <laughs> yeah, and then it it kind of had a flashback of, oh boy, is this going to be Call to Adventure 2.0? I was definitely concerned about that, that Ryan was putting on his Fister glasses or that he was just going to hype a game. That was not gonna, look into it? Yeah, and then that wasn't, I wasn't going to be interested at all. Because I'd played Mombasa and I was not a fan of it. Great but game. Great Western Trail was really good. Blackout was really good. So I was going into it with an open mind. I was hoping it was gonna be one of the you know, the two I liked. And of course we played Room Service recently. I really liked that. So that helped. So at the end of the day, Ryan I have to admit that you were right. What was that again? <laughs> <laughs> One more time for the record. So this is a really good game. You can listen back. I'm not going to say it again because it hurt too much. It's it's a really good game, and I think if you liked Great Western Trail, you liked you know Mombasa, Blackout, you like that kind of stuff, it still has elements of that in here. And some of it, it does it in a better way or just a different way. So I, I think it's, you know, it stands on its own. Mm-hmm. I would say it's probably my favorite Fister game Okay. of uh-huh. the other ones. Yep, I'm going to spoil that. You know, earlier I was just probing for just stuff to <laughs> kind of um, bring it down a little bit. And I really, I, really I couldn't because... <laughs> I just liked it a lot. I was overwhelmed in the first play, like we talked about. Yeah. But every play since, it's like, ah, I like that. I want to do that. I want to buy this card. Nope, I want to buy this card. Oh, this card just came up. I can get this quest. Nope, I don't want to do that. I just, so much stuff going on. Of course, for me, I can't keep track of all that stuff. <laughs> You've pretty solid record in this game. You've won once or twice. Yeah, you I won. Usually, everyone's... We've actually had everybody competitive, though, in the games we've yeah. played. Yeah. I will say that, though. It seems like whoever goes higher on the the tracks for each nation seem to, well, seem th- to win. Well, I think the problem... So, Johnny won, and the one time you did it, you won. It was still very close. It was. The yeah. problem was no one else moved up at all on that track. You guys... Saw that France was worth a ton of points. No one else got past like two. Maybe mm-hmm. someone got to three, but 
Like no one else yeah, really two on it. went up on it. Yeah, that's true. Or no one else did combat either and pushed another nation. Mm-hmm. Well, the same thing when you played Tim as you mean Michael. We didn't do like combat at all. Yeah, I was doing And you pushed one. that nation and went all the way up, and we didn't like. So that's I think is part of it. If you see somebody just going hog wild, yeah, other people need to do combat or yeah, one of go two, into like, another nation or go up on that nation where nobody. Yeah, one of two. Like either like go up on that one, so you like. Maybe you're not getting as many points, but you're getting up there close too, or so that maybe you know the time we didn't, Ryan, you know, us both of us going up a little bit on Spain, for example, to like yeah, kind of work together to make it closer at least, make it more harder like, to get the cubes it's out, more of a piggyback off them a little bit. I think it's kind of like a more lot of a of, player issue than a yeah, a lot game of Euro issue. games where if you let somebody go wild on one strategy and not even contest them at all, they're gonna. Benefit yeah, obviously, especially with the fighting. You know, maybe you could let someone just explore on their own and and be fine. But that one, I don't think you can just leave it alone, especially in a four-player game. Yeah, and it wasn't and, like it was a blowout in those no. games either. It was, and they, it was a little close. bit of asterisk on that one, just because uh, Johnny, yeah, he was, you know those <laughs> the, he the, did the assistance ones. wrong. Yeah, so he's doing yeah. that. Like we, we he might have won anyways. Kind of covered it up, but it but would have played differently during the game. Yeah, so yep. Mm. Little asterisk. That's all. So, anyways, my final rating, it's a 9.5. Wow. Yeah. 9, 9.5, depending on yeah. my mood, really. So, yep. I'll put it right in that. Like I said, it's my favorite uh, Fister game at this point, followed probably by Great Western Trail, Broom Service, Blackout, and I'm going to stop the list there. The plummets there? Yeah, then it's... You have not played Isle of Sky, correct? You played it once. Oh, I have. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, I'll put that one on there. That one's okay. that one's behind. Okay. But was, you don't like Mombasa and Port Royal. Yeah, those Basically are the yeah, those, those two. are the yeah. Okay. If I could wipe, you know, if Men in Black came in and hit me with a little <laughs> neuralizer, if I could wipe those two, I would like that. Okay. And then I would I would be like Ryan. <laughs> yep. With the the whole Sir like okay. Alexander Fister. So. Well, I. I mentioned a few things that I'm not a big fan of, but those are all like, well, it's a little fiddly. Like, don't love the you know, artwork and components and stuff. It's fine, but you know, the a little bit overwhelming. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing at all. It's just a little tough on your first play. But I still enjoyed my first play. I was like, all right, I want well, I want to play this right away again because I think I'm really gonna like this. You know, the first part was like, I don't know what's going on, but Halfway into that game, I was like, oh, I'm really enjoying this already. And you got a bit of a history with this game. It, uh, what was it? It's number three of his, or four of his top ten games of so you So you said I was a Fister critic. <laughs> Michael. He didn't even look. It, no, it was, he he was worse than I was. For his top ten anticipated games of uh, Essen. Wasn't even on his list. Yeah. That's because I didn't even look into it. I knew nothing about it besides that Alex, Sir Alexander Fister was the designer, which probably w- should have been enough to put on that list. But I, I just like Ryan's gonna look in this enough. I'm just gonna avoid it altogether. Just wait for it. So, and then the number four, like that was one like I needed is really close to those other three, like super close, and just lost the tiebreaker just because. I hadn't played it quite enough to put it. Uh, I mean, it's I, still number it's still number four, so obviously you really enjoyed it. But it was but, number four. But yeah, it wasn't it was number one. Mine and Tim. Had All my top one. four were like, were at least a nine games yeah. for me. 
Spoiler alert, this is at least a 9.0. Okay, so what what is it then? But yeah, his... Yeah, get on with it. Like, <laughs> wasn't done yet. <laughs> but just, like, there's so many choices and options and, like... But and they're all fun options, fun choices to have to make. You know, just enjoying the game the whole time. And every game I've gotten done, like every single time, I would have been fine just playing that game again right away. Um, and played a, played it quite a you know decent amount of times now. And it's close. I it kept going back and forth as far as the final rating, but I'm gonna give it a ten. Wow. Whoa. R- like right now, like if. We, I'd redo that new games to me in 2019. It would now be number one. Nice. First, of all, I was that close initially, and now I've played it a couple more times. And the only, well, I'll hold off on that. But yeah, it's okay. It's great. It's love the game. So it's Ryan, a flawless. Yes. Oh, sorry, it's a uh, gameplay is basically flawless. All the complaints I had were not <laughs> gameplay related. So Ryan, Tim. What do you got? You've knighted yep. the designer. Yep. You have made it public <laughs> that he is by far your favorite designer. Yeah, that's correct. I have a feeling I know where this is going. Okay. But please tell us, what's your final thought on Mary Kaibo? Uh, You know, we talked about it at length here. Um, I think it's... For me, similar to Mombasa and especially Great Western Trail where it's just plain fun, building your engine with lots of strategy and lots of variety. Takes those tons of different stuff, overwhelms you with mechanics and iconography, and when you learn the game, it's just, it's for me, it's so much fun playing the game. It's like a little kiddie pool yep. of mechanics. You just... Roll it on the table, fill it up with mechanics, and Ryan's just swimming around. Yep, I want to try, you know, I want to dig with that shovel out in the sand. I want to <laughs> use the little floaties and go in the water. And <laughs> but uh, for me, I debated back and forth, nine and a half, ten. I really, I, because it's, now I know I've probably given all the games I've rated a ten we've reviewed on here, so it sounds like, you know, I give more games a ten than I do. Yeah. But I think, I really think it's a ten. Maybe after a few more plays, I'll know for sure. Nine and a half, ten, but it's it's right in there. It's in easily in my top ten of all time. Um, yeah, I'm gonna right now. I'm giving it a ten because I saw you guys playing it yesterday. I played Mubasa and I was so excited to play that. I got done with it and I'm like, well, I'll, I'll jump in, Johnny, get out. I'm gonna take over the, play the rest of this for you, you know, type of thing. And Marv kind of almost, I almost had that choice of, well, do I play Mubasa or Marikaibo? But I wanted to give Aaron and Johnny the chance, you know, to yeah. play and stuff like that. Get some new people excited about yeah. the game. I could so. see the pain in your eyes if when I they were picked like that, and you're like, "Oh, if it wasn't how do no. I pick a game you <laughs> already love that no, you were going to play? I would have felt bad for you." Yeah, if if I wasn't playing, playing another game, I rate a ten. I wouldn't have <laughs> <laughs> missed out on it. So that's what I'm giving it. And Sir Alexander Fister, I. If the, I didn't like this game, I was probably going to strip him of his knighthood. <laughs> there was threats. Yeah, there was threats. I was thrown around was, completely yeah. invalid threats <laughs> um, with empty, empty meaning. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to now crown him Sir Alexander Fister, Lord of Medium Heavy Euro Games. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every I I do enjoy his lighter games. Now I haven't played a couple of them, but uh, 
even his lighter games, they, they feel different than other people's. But these medium heavy ones, for me, it's my perfect type of gaming. Mm-hmm. You know, I I like heavy games and I like medium games, but I like it right in between where I'm not so overwhelmed. The rules up front is a lot, but it's not too too much. Just tons of stuff you can do, tons of strategy, variability, and I really enjoy it. So now the one question I have, Timmy said it was your favorite. Fister game, yeah. Ryan. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. How about that? I know you because you have, you don't have a of your rated ten games. I believe Great Western Trail and Mabasa are also tens. Yep. Which which one's your favorite? So I do really enjoy Blackout Hong Kong. It's a crowded list. So that one's lower. That one's probably for me at eight and a half. I want to play it again. You know, it's right in that range. But those three are all tens for me. Three of my six ten rated games. Honestly. It depends on my mood, I guess. Look at, look at the pain <laughs> in those eyes. He's trying. It's to, like choosing I'm, between, you know, which one's your favorite child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my uh, my pick day is coming up, and I, I, you know, I have so many new games I got for Christmas and old other games I want to play, but I always think about doing a Fister pick day. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just pick all. <laughs> I could absolutely see you doing that. Yeah, I, I've considered it many times. <laughs> Man, if you're pinning me down right now. I'd probably say Mombasa's my favorite, but it's honestly, it's each day. An hour from now, I could say Maracaibo. Two hours from now, I might say Great Western Trail. I just played Mombasa, you know, so that might be why. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do much bookkeeping, and I love that. And maybe I'm craving to do some bookkeeping. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, for me, it's it's so hard to pick between the three. So, yeah. And I, you know, all, all those games, I, I like them all, like, the two that I rate 10 is Great Western Trail and Mary Kaibo. Like, right now, I want to play Mary Kaibo more, but because it's still new enough to me, like, I haven't yeah. played it 30 times yet. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> once I get to that point, like, then I'll probably give a little more firm answer on which one I'm going. I just want to play Mary Kaibo more right now, but it's right up there as my top, it would be my top four games hmm. ever. Ever. Well, well. before we get on to our final segment, and in honor of your uh, the lordship, lordship. <laughs> honor, we do a little uh, something special for yeah, us. Yeah, we got Tim? a little something special. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to play it for you, let you guys listen to it, and we'll come back. So, as we know, this is designed by Sir Alexander Fister. <laughs> Sir Alexander Fister. Well, I just say Sir Alexander. Oh, you should okay, know. Okay. So, as everyone out there knows, this is a game designed by Sir Alexander. And he's been knighted by us. Wait, who? Uh, Sir Alexander Frister. Oh, okay. Reinforced why we knighted Sir Alexander. <laughs> you know, Alexander Frister, medium to heavy, medium heavy game. You know, that's right in my ballpark. It's kind of my favorite thing. Mari Kaibo by Alexander Frister. Whoa! Pleasantly surprised, it exceeded my expectations, and those are pretty lofty to begin yeah. with. Let's talk a little more about it. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say. You guys going on. You started it, and then I... He's been knighted, so... Well, like I said, uh, if I happen to like Mari Kaibo, I might, after the, the review of it, I might crown him Lord Fister. <laughs> if you like it, I wonder if you do. Uh, my other one is... Copying me. A little bit of a flyer. Because I don't know if one exists, and that is uh, <laughs> a medium-heavy Fister title if he has one. 
because uh, <laughs> you know, love Great Western Trail, love Mombasa, really enjoy Blackout Hong Kong, and I love Mario Kaibo. So he's really four for four, and three of his games I absolutely no surprise. Uh, Sir Alexander Fister. Whoa! No way. So yeah, um, I've really enjoyed all his designs so far. Play, but I always think about doing a Fister pick day. Sir Alexander Fister, Lord of Medium Heavy Euro Games. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, (laughs) I'm really sure what to say, Tim, but uh, nicely done. Well... (laughs) It's. It wasn't me. You were the one. <laughs> I, I, I put I, the content out there. <laughs> yeah, I. I was. You know, compiling it. You know, put everything together. But really, that's from your heart. <laughs> so, one year ago, uh, our first episode, uh, we kind of talked about our one year anniversary in the last episode. But we're gonna kind of go over and do lookbacks. Uh, last year. Our first reviews were Spirit Island and Sagrada. We're just gonna talk for a couple minutes about them. Um, anybody have any thoughts? You know, do they kind of stay in the same for you? Have you played them? Have you has your enjoyment increased or decreased? Well, Spirit Island, I think I've played it a few times since. I would say that's probably about the same. I still enjoy it quite a bit. Sagrada, I try to avoid that, which I guess is the same. Okay. I was actually not a part of this review, but I kind of remember what I thought about the time you know, listened to you guys' episode. Um, I've not played Spirit Island since, and I only played that, I think, maybe three times real early when you got it, Ryan, or fairly early, and haven't played it since. At that point, I a year ago, I was like, I didn't really have a huge desire. Like, I certainly would play it. I like the game, uh, but I didn't have an itch to play it. I'm starting to get an itch to play that one again. You better get an itch for that one. So, that. I, I didn't I didn't love the game, but I, I certainly liked it and want to give it another, For me, another the, try. Having your own spirit and all the stuff that they can do is a, t- a ton of fun. I would always want to play with the expansion. I think the last time I played, I played without the expansion. Now, maybe since it's been a while since I've played it, I want, but it adds just a little bit more flavor and theme to the game and just a few more things that I really enjoy. But, yeah, my enjoyment... Is about the same for Spirit Island as it was during our review, and I would say the same for Sagrada, where I don't really have a desire to play it. I've had a couple opportunities to. I uh, pick different games to play. I don't hate the game, but I don't really have the same feelings that I did. I don't have a desire to go back to it. Yeah, that, I like that game more than you guys did. I He's like our abstract the, guy. He, yeah, I like kind of the the puzzle of like you know you know those different spots. You know, limitations on where you can put um, each of the the cute or the, the dice in that, and I like the kind of the challenge of being able to fit everything in there and keep you know giving yourself options so that even if you don't get the the dice you want. You're giving yourself more options, so you're more likely to be able to place as many things as you can and that kind of stuff. So I like the game more than you guys. I I still do. And I was the last time that I it was played, it was my pick day, and someone else picked that. And I was I, think, a little, I was kind of disappointed. I think Aaron picked it. I don't think anyone else has picked it. 
I, the pick day. Probably sense. right. <laughs> Just throwing that out yeah. there. No, not, I, not don't, I don't to, think it was Tim. I don't think you picked it. Not trying uh, to sure not. dig the knife in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was a little disappointed that I didn't get to play you didn't it. Dig it, and you just kicked it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get past that. Let's, yep. uh, let's move let's on. Go into the. <laughs> we're looking at the Board Game Geek top 250 games. We took a snapshot of it. August 9th of 2019. I'm glad you so had. It's been a while. Yep. Uh, so we are starting at number 100. Ryan, what do you have for us? Number 100, we have the Resistance Avalon. Now, we've played the regular Resistance a ton. We've played this yep. a handful of times. I'd say I'd feel about the same um, if this had an app similar to One Night Ultimate Werewolf or whatever it's called, One Night Werewolf. Um, I would like this better than the Resistance because I'm announcing. i got to remember what all the rules are. I'm going to yeah. tell people when to open and close their eyes and who they can look at and that different stuff. But, yeah, I'd say pretty similar enjoyment. Yeah, and it, I I would agree with you. It does seem like this game always comes down to the bad guys trying to call out who Merlin is because that's their like kind of mm-hmm. last ditch effort. So once the bad side loses, they get one shot at guessing who Merlin is. If they guess right, they win. Mm-hmm. It always seems like it comes right down to that, which it, it's exciting. But I think the more times you play it, it's almost like. Same thing. Kinda. Yeah, it, it's it's still fun, a, a but it's not. Yeah, win or not. yeah. This one, it might have at some point had it higher than than like Werewolf, but like at this point, like somewhat more variety, I guess, with Werewolf with the the different people in the different villagers, whatever that you can use. That I like that one more. I definitely like this game. Like somebody picks it, like I'll happily play it. Yeah, um, yeah. It just, it's fallen play, for me a little bit. Over I definitely play this over Werewolf, but that's me. Okay. So number 99 is a Game of Thrones, the board game second edition. So from, I've not played this. I'm pretty sure no one else at this table has. I have not. Nope. So from what I gather of it, it's similar to a little game called Diplomacy. At least in, um, as you're moving your units around the board, you can ask for support from other players, and it's not like a game where there's a lot of plastic pieces on the map. It's kind of, you know, you have, it's very kind of simplistic in a there's, sense. There's some tokens in that, like there's different. Right, but it's, know, it's like not what you would think and... as a big, grandiose battle game. There's a lot of negotiation in it. It's more about the politics and the yes, backstabbing. the backstabbing, and, and yeah. So that's... It it seems like to me it would be one that I think I'd like to try sometime, but I I don't know if I'm super interested. You know, I like the theme of it. I like area control games, but when it could go from like four to eight hours. Yeah, it's like when I looked in it was definitely a long, you know, strategy game, but I didn't feel like I mean, there's certainly, you know, making and breaking alliances and stuff like that, but I didn't feel as nearly Nothing like, or there's some similarities to diplomacy, but not nothing to that that much. Where like the I, I alliances bring that up are just because it's a little more minor part. It's not a, the biggest part of the game by any right. means. But I, I bring it up because that's the game that we've played. That's I think closest to this. If that makes sense, kind of. Yeah, I'd, okay, I don't see it as much like that. But you know, it could be like I like the where there's secret 
you know, you place tokens down. There's secret things where, like, are you moving into the, you know, the to an adjacent spot? Are you? There's different things that you can do to you know support other, yeah, um, support your other troops. You know, is it raiding so that you know taking away their token? And I like the secret kind of deployment of that. Um, there's different tracks that you move up on that. You know, this one determines tiebreakers. This has, you can use an extra thing in battle, like, you know, all these, you know, the influence tracks and things like that that I like. Sounds like Michael's more into this than I am. I was going to ask you, Tim, how do you, does this interest you with the uh, meanness that the game could entail? Well, that's why I said I, I'd be interested to try it sometime, but it's not something that I'm going to seek out or that I, uh, that I was super interested in. But it, it's one of those trench coat games. If someone came to me... I know it's a longer game. Yeah, if somebody came to me and they had you know the full complement of players, of people that were into it that wanted to play, I would uh, I would say yeah I'll I'll, I'll jump. Someone in. had the game, they had the rules for you. Yep. You had the full complement of players, mm-hmm. and they all were ready and amped up to play. Right. And you got a lot of stipulations well, going on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This one I'm more interested in playing for this type of a game. Like I'm because of the pretty, theme. The theme is a big part of it, but like. When I looked in, it was like I wasn't like do like, oh, it's Game of Thrones, but like, eh, not sure if I'm gonna like it. But the gameplay was more interesting than I thought. I, the theme absolutely helps. If it wasn't that theme, like, that's eh, you know, you know, some like a bunch of ant yeah, colonies dice, or something you know, going around and, and, and dice ba- rolling, but playing cards, other. you know, different cards you're using. Like, Sounds but I cool. like that each, you know, like oh, I'm gonna use Bale and Greyjoy here, Ned Stark, and you know that kind of stuff. But like. The problem with playing is because it's so long that I don't know that I'm going to play it. It would be one of those, like, I would like to find a group of people that know how to play it and just kind of join them and, and play it versus I don't think it's a game. I'm certainly not going to get that to play at game night because I don't know that I'd love it mm-hmm. and too yeah. much to get for everybody. I would be similar to Tim where... I- I would have a lot of stipulations. I'd be more reserved to even play it. Just playing a game for that long and then just completely screwing somebody over and then just ruining their whole entire game. And they might have to sit there for a long, long time knowing that they got... Well, it, just... It's the game where you're not going to, like... I don't think it's one where, like... You just try to, like, totally, like, <laughs> oh, this person said they're going to be in my side, so I'm just going to, like move everything away from where they are and give them the opportunity to totally attack you. Like, I think you can screw someone over that, but like you can like, Oh, you said you're going to do this and that hurt me, but it's not like there's such big troop things that you can just totally annihilate someone on your own. If you, you know, if you're, if you break your, I promise I was going to do this. Sounds thing. like Michael's picking it up, Tim. I was going to say, it sounds like he's really trying to talk. <laughs> Do you have it like in your bag or something? Like he's a, yeah, I was going to, when we going to play this, I was going to, you know, recommend we play this right after we record here. But yeah, that was, that was, that was Game of Thrones, the board game, second edition. Uh, number 98, a game by Ted Ausbach from uh, 2014. It's Castles of Mad King Ludwig. I believe we have all played this one time. Yes. A couple years ago at Origins, I believe it was. Correct. Yep. Yep, we got out of the gaming library there and played it. I thought it was interesting. Obviously not interesting enough to play it since we played it. So take that for what it's worth. But you're just kind of uh, bidding 
I'm not even bidding. The, if I remember right, the first player sets the price for all of the and rooms, people are paying, and then the pe- first player. Yeah, which is kind of an interesting concept. Um, but I thought it was okay. Yeah, I didn't really care for it. I didn't hate it, but I have no desire to play it again. Mm. Yeah, when I didn't know a whole lot about it before, but like when was explained how things worked, I was you know kind of like, oh, this could be you know pretty decent. That and then once once it got done, I was like, nah, and. Maybe playing it again now, a couple years later, maybe I'd get a little more enjoyment out of it, but I have no desire to play it again. A lot of it for me on that first play was just how some stuff connected. I didn't feel like I got to build my castle like nearly as much as I would have wanted, and just kind of control over some of that. It just kind of just kind of flopped down like a pancake slap in the griddle. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) So number ninety-seven, we got. Istanbul here. Uh, Tim. Yeah. How do you feel about this one? I picked it up a number of years ago. I do not own it any longer. I wasn't really a fan of it. What I found was that as the game's going on, because you're restricted as far as your tokens can move because you have to be able to land where your assistants are or just go back to the water fountain. So a lot of times it seemed like there were tiles within a a reach. So you just kind of go back and forth and just kind of, you know, oh, I'm going to get enough coins the and then few. I'm going to go back and buy a so ruby. And I probably liked it a little more than you. I wasn't wild about it, but I yeah. did enjoy it. Um, what I always wished is when you'd set it up, you had... You can mix up the tiles or no? Because I wanted you can. I don't. I wanted you to like shake it. up the tiles and the variety instead of everything always being in the same path. It's different each game. Yeah, it always seemed like we played with new players too, so that's well, why I didn't want it's to. Pretty sh- easy game. Yeah, but it, I didn't want to shuffle it, and then it. I don't know. I was worried it was going to make it harder to do certain things and as more opposed, frustrating, and then just as opposed to like a Lacerda game and learning that. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what was that one game? We this Istanbul was picked with something else. Oh, it was uh Ethnos. That's it. Yep. Everyone wanted to play Ethnos, nobody Except, wanted to play. Is it Johnny or Marv? I, I think Marv, Marv picked it. Picked Istanbul and everyone's like, Well, Istanbul's not bad, but yep. I want to play Ethnos. And I, I think that's kind of the general consensus of Istanbul. It's not bad, but yeah, like when I mm-hmm. played it, like There's I a lot of kind those. of enjoyed it. It it did get to be a bit the same. I think if you know we would have switched the spots around, it would have helped some because it did feel like you know we are kind of like mostly doing those same actions each game. Yeah. Again, you're not like there's a few spots that you can you almost ignore um, mm-hmm. depending it, on what you're doing. But I, I kind of liked it, um, but didn't love it. And you know, there's a lot of other games that. I'm going to enjoy more in that way. It was one of those games that fell into that category of I kept hearing that, oh, get the expansions. The expansions help it. But I didn't like the game enough to begin with, so I never really looked for the expansions to add to help that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Similar for me is Champions of Midgard. Yeah. So let's move on to number 96, and that is Grand Austria Hotel. We've all played it. Fairly recently, even. We talked about it in recent plays a couple episodes back. Yep. It's a dice placement uh, 
kind of drafting. Yeah, because you're doing the whole snake draft. Yep. Getting your dice. It's been a few years since I've played it. I did enjoy it. You've only just played it the once? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's been quite a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, I played it a couple times, and definitely when I want to play again. Um, I know the last time I played, I got myself into trouble because I let myself run, you know, run out of money and shouldn't have done that. And with the dice rolls, didn't a poor dice roll for what I had and just got myself into trouble with it. But it's that was just a me issue with the game. Like definitely when I want to play more and you know just see just how much I like the game, but. Yeah. yeah, it's one uh, for me is real solid. I enjoy it. Um, I don't pick it on game days because I play it quite often with my wife, um, and I get my fill of it then. It's a great two-player Euro game. Um, even one of our local listeners said he's a trench coat, and not even one of our listeners, you know, noted that he's one of the he's a trench coat guy yeah, for this yeah. game. He's walking around with it, showing people, trying to get him to play it and learn it with him. He just can't <laughs> succeed. <laughs> That's weird that that doesn't work. <laughs> well, <laughs> stick with it. <laughs> yeah. Stick with it, friend. You'll hit the people that are looking for a trench coat guy. Yeah, yeah, he'll get there. All right, number 95, we have War of the Ring, the first edition, which I have not played first edition. I don't know how different it is from second edition. I don't think it's a uh, ton. I don't really know. It'll be the second edition will be on later on the uh, Board Game Geek Top 250 here, so we can kind of go over it then. I'm not really. Yeah. Yeah. On number 94, we have Legendary Encounter, an alien deck-building game. This one, I have played this and the Marvel and, like, the Legendary Villains or whatever. Yeah. I have not played the Predator one. Aaron keeps shying it away from me because it's a deck-builder, even though I told him I want to try it out. <laughs> um, but I do like this one. I like the theme, how it brings the theme into this a lot. Yeah, it does. Um, I enjoy this one. It's close to my favorite, that and Clank, and a couple others are kind of close on what my favorite kind of peer deck building game are. Um, I, I like this one, though. It's been quite a while since we've played it. Yeah. This one's cooperative, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. You, um, you can die, or you can yeah. become an alien, but for the most part, it's... You at least start out on all yeah. the same team. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, if you want to play through the alien movies this is definitely the one to do it oh you can set up for you know this is alien this is aliens so each each game when you start you pick which movie you're basically going to play and then the the objectives are in order so if you play the first alien you you have to find the distress beacon to where that ship is and then once you get there you know, someone gets the alien inside of them, and then basically as you're going along, the last thing you need to do is kill the perfect organism, the main mm-hmm. alien in that. So okay. it's kind of, it, it plays through as if you're... Yeah, I think game. that was kind of cool how they yeah, very achieved cool. that. And Predator's the same way. It it does it a little differently, but yeah, I, overall it's the same thing, just different theme. Yeah. Is this one where, like, once you've gone through all the movies, can you play just other scenarios too or does it have to be one of those movies i think you can mix it up i've never really looked into that to see how that works because i never even played through all the movies yet but i thought you could take you know stage one from aliens and mix it with stage two of alien resurrection obviously you want to play through the the actual movies thematically it'd be very bizarre 
<laughs> I would think. Well, it'd yeah. be even more bizarre when you're mixing Marvel and this. Yeah, you got Captain America punching a Xenomorph. <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> it might have some interesting things there, but, but, you, but you can do it. Weird. I mean, they have Buffy, they have Firefly, yep, there's they, 007. So they're they're big really trouble, little China. Yeah, that was the other one. So you could really go wild if you wanted yeah. to. I do like that. It's it seems like a, they bring that theme out quite a bit. It seems like which mm-hmm. impressive for like a just a deck building type game. So yeah, and I would say that as far as the encounter, so there's regular legendary and then there's like legendary encounters i would say that the encounters versions are more thematic than the other ones because those are the ones you play through the stories okay or the actual movies so well that's moving on to number 93 and that's another deck builder that is star realms so it seems like we've been talking a lot about star realms lately i might be because uh Fantasy realms, Star realms, and recent plays and stuff, but yeah, I would say yeah, it's it's okay for I've kind of played it out because I've played the game itself quite a bit. I uh, had the app, you know, I kind of played that as a mindless like fall asleep type game. What are you guys' thoughts? I think it's fine. Yeah, it's it's fine. I like it. It's been a while since I've played the actual physical version, but yeah, I wouldn't turn down a quick game of Star realms or. I have not played it. It seems like it's basically Hero Realms in space. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And this one came first, if I remember right. Okay. Like, I'm not a huge fan of the deck builders where you're just you build up your deck and just fighting against someone else, and that's it to it. There's not other things to it. Like, so it makes me like I would you know played hero realms and no problem playing it i have no problem playing this i just don't have any desire mm. to play it just because not the type of game that i i like i like you know the deck but i'd like to, to be a little more going on than that or fighting something else is you know one-on-one fighting at someone eh. uh, number 92 we have aim called champions of midgard Got kind of the same art and i think is it the same designers like you know, Architects and Paladins of the West Kingdom and Raiders of the North Sea. Is that nope. it, right? No? No, no you're thinking of Raiders of the North Sea. And Why no Raiders of the Champions North Sea? Champions of Midgard? No, it's not even, not even close. Is it the same art at all? No. All that no. Stuff? no. Not the same designer. No. I wasn't sure if it was the same designer. No, I, don't I don't know who did Let's that. Let's set that over. What kind of notes are you looking at? <laughs> Good lord. No. So we have uh, number 92. We got uh, Champions of Midgard. <laughs> nice, nice. Tell me more about Champions of Midgard, Michael. Well, it's a worker placement. Have you played this? No, I have okay. not. I previously owned it. Um, it was similar to Istanbul for me as far as you, Tim, as far as it was okay. Yeah. Heard the expansions made it way better. I just didn't have a drive to purchase them and get it. Plenty of other games I'd rather play instead. Pretty sim- uh, simple worker placement game, You know, probably medium, medium light game. Uh, you're kind of getting your Vikings, you're rolling some dice to fight, some trolls and different things like that, and o- monsters when you're going overseas. Um, I thought it was it was fine, it was okay, but you know, ultimately I moved on from it. Yeah, it didn't really wow me, I guess that is the word I would say. Yeah, I usually don't like you know, dice chart games where you're rolling lots of dice for combat with monsters and you know, different stuff like that, but because of this one... 
is worker placement. You know, that's a big part of the game is all the worker placement spots. You know, I, it was one I was interested in just because, well, it's Vikings, so I like that theme. And, you know, there's some, some dice in it and that, and with you know, good part of the game is that battling. But because it had the worker placement, those are the ones that I, I'm a little more interested in playing versus just one where you're, it's just pure Ameritrash. You're just rolling dice and mm-hmm. you know, battling stuff. Those I'm not too interested in playing. I'll play them, and sometimes I like them, but I don't have desire to play those. So it's, yeah. it's a little higher on my list than that. I think it's one of those I kind of picked up based on a lot of, well, you know, like worker placement, but of the uh, the big hype around it, and it just kind of was like, eh, it's okay, but yeah. nothing there for me. Speaking of hype, Ryan. Yep. Why don't you tell us more about uh, number 91? And number 91 is Alchemist. That is by CGE. Uh, it's an app-assisted game. Uh, you don't have to use it, but you don't really want a player sitting there. The only way they're playing the game is <laughs> figuring out the chemicals. They, yeah. You can technically do that. It's a really fun game for me. Uh, worker placement, and you're also brewing potions. You're trying to figure out the all chemical symbols on all these different ingredients. You know, you got artifacts that are super powerful, do different things. You're trying to hedge some bets, you know, on your own, basically your own uh, inquiries. And do I trust him? He published this, that this potion was plus green. I, I don't trust him. Yeah. He I think shouldn't. he's lying. I think this, he's, pr- he's probably he wrong. He hasn't done his research properly. <laughs> yeah, I really like that, the, you know, trying to solve, you know, doing those experiments, going through them and so you can figure out what all those different, you know, potions are and like you're not going to have all the information you know, right away so you have to like oh make your best guess sometimes and but then uh, you know and then eventually they'll figuring some of those out and yeah it's I like this game wish I would play it more I really enjoy the kind of that puzzle of figuring those potions out mm. yeah you guys hit it right on the head I like I like it quite a bit I've it's been a while since I've played it but it's a lot of fun yeah, it doesn't come out enough, I don't think. Yeah, I know Marv's tried to pick it a couple pick days. I was kind of when I was I was super tired and he, late in the night, and I was like, well, I had to explain it to a new player. And it's, it's not a game you want to play when you're tired either, just because like what you got to figure out. Yeah. like you got to use your brain and, in this and one. Teaching somebody, if you get them over that initial hump of how figuring out the symbols works, that's the hardest part. The rest of it is pretty. There's still yeah. stuff to it, like the publishing and whatnot, but getting them over that, then they can understand the rest of the game. Then you can play and enjoy it, basically, yeah. once yeah. you get to that point. Uh, I really enjoy it. I think it's Mars. If Terraforming Mars isn't his favorite game, I think this probably is. It's probably a good bet. Yeah. Let's move on to number 90. That is Stone Age. It's been a long time since I've played it. I thought it was okay. It almost started getting into where it was almost too mathy for me where you had to roll dice to determine and then divide your, yeah you number division figure out your resources <laughs> like come on just let me place a worker and simply pick up resources i don't want to <laughs> you know do a spreadsheet to figure it out i'm you know exaggerating a little bit there but it, it's fine yeah i i it's been years since i've played it but i really like the game it's one of the games that really got me into board games again and just played it so many times in that and it's not one where I'm burned out with it just I played enough times where like I don't need to play but I would absolutely play this I'd it's a game if I'm gonna try to get somebody into gaming and 
like try to get them into worker placement. It's one of the first, maybe the first one I would go to, um, to do that. I even right now, someone would say, do you want to play this? Yep. You bet. Cause I'm, yeah. I'd be excited to play it even though I haven't in probably three years. I'd be right in. I played it a ton with you and Sarah, Michael. Yep. Um, it's fun for me. It's a great intro worker placement game. You know, it gets you honed up looking at your math skills, you know, keeping them in shape. So, yeah, even played with our dad, you know, good yep. amount of times too and stuff. And he, you know, he, he did good at it. And so it's, yep. yeah, good math. Good math one. There's, <laughs> there's not really a ton of math. No, there's not. No, I was You might have add up to 15 and then you got to divide it by three or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, real it's tough. Frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Eight. Is that eight? <laughs> Next, we have number 89. This is a game by Hisashi Hayashi. Is this the guy that did the artwork? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he did the artwork for Stone Age. <laughs> well, not him, but the guy who did the artwork for this. Uh, nope, nope. That was Michael Menzel. Uh. <laughs> um, it's called Yokohama. You're pretty and big on this game, Michael. Actually, you yeah, just got it for Christmas. Going wild about it last. Yeah, played yeah. it at. Uh, Game Hole Con, yeah, and then he was going so wild. I think I bought it for him for Christmas, or Santa brought it for him, or I think Santa did. Yeah, you didn't. Don't don't try to take credit from Santa. Maybe Kevin did too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, definitely you'll like the game. You know, played it. You know, actually rented it out from the uh, library then and taught uh, taught you Tim and uh, and Marv and yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit and excited to. I haven't read through the rules again yet because i definitely need to do that but excited to get that out and get that played these next few game days here and see what everybody else thinks of it yeah um it's always been one that i've had a very keen interest in playing the boards look very like whoa what's going on and kind of like (laughs) but i've always heard the gameplay is really good and I I want to play it. Yeah, once they get it out and put it in front of you, you're like, what what's what do we have to do here? But yeah, once you start playing, like yeah, you catch on real quickly. Like a lot of the spots are like, it's all the same thing, but this one's with fish and this one you know with some sort of linen thing. Mm-hmm. Like not all. There's definitely different spots and everything, but there's enough of them that are similar that you pick up on it. Like I glanced through the rule book after I played it once and. Not that I did a great job of explaining it, but you guys basically yeah. knew what was going yeah. on at least. You explained enough where Marv almost beat you. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was that was a good moment because he was, was so sure he won that too. <laughs> uh, my number eight, uh, I think, is designed by the same artist huh? who. Your number eight? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> you're missing eight. <laughs> it's not your number eight. <laughs> number eight, eight here. <laughs> number eighty-eight, I think, was the artist that uh, drew. The painting, A Starry Night. Um, yeah, Van Gogh. Yeah, yeah. Van Gogh. Uh, for Br- he, he's he's done some good work <laughs> in the yeah. board gaming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyways, uh, number 88 is Forbidden Stars. So Forbidden Stars, this is one I really wish I had either gotten a chance to play or one of us had picked up Tim before it went out of print. Yeah, it just stings because... It stings pretty bad. Before... I know Michael's really itching to play this one, so... Before it disappeared <laughs> into the abyss, I had a chance at picking one up at a decent price, like a normal... Did you really? Yeah. 
It was at Boardlandia. Was it what Boardland? That's mm. like recent. It was like right around the time when they announced, "Oh, it's out of print." Why didn't? Why didn't they you... split? And I was looking at it, and I'm like, mm, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. I'm sure I'm gonna like it, and I'm like, at the end of the day, I was like, I, I'll pass now. And I you never got pissed said, at me about Bora Bora, and now look what you did. I got Bora Bora. And now you gotta get Forbidden Stars. <laughs> I can't imagine it's reasonable at all to get now. I heard So this yeah, this Yeah, the designer is trying to Yeah. Because he came make, out with an expansion, he released it on board game. Yeah, Geek so he's trying to do it. one in a different theme, you know, obviously cause he can't do with the license, licensing and whatnot. But, Michael, um, we'll move on from your thoughts on this one. <laughs> well, I got some thoughts on this here that I'm going to share with everyone, whether you like it or not. Uh, it seems uh, kind of similar to, like, Twilight Imperium a bit with, you know, purchasing, you know, these different ships and, you know, with the combat, you know, I know there's, you know, there's dice rolling, playing cards. I know this one is... Um, a little like the Game of Thrones one, where it's you know asymmetrical, um, and you're you're placing down tokens for orders and things, placing down some orders. Yep. So that's kind of similar to that Game of Thrones one too. So kind of for me, it seems almost like a cross between Ti three and a Game of Thrones game a bit, um, or some similarities at least in each of them. And to me, the battling seemed pretty cool, where you roll your dice, add up what you had and then you could play mm -hmm. cards back and forth yeah I there's think, a few rounds of it isn't there yeah, yeah. i think yeah. the battling is like if you're not in it you're kind of like meh but when you're yeah. in it it's really exciting it's fun i i just really want to play this one yeah. you know the, the deeply like the asymmetrical yeah. uh, each race you know has their yeah faction or whatever it is has their stuff and yeah I mentioned before about you know the dice rolling and i'm not always a big fan of that but <laughs> like it's dice ring and the cards to help mitigate some of that. That's when I like the dice ring more. Where it's not like just so much luck, just constantly just rolling dice and see what happens. You know, luck kind of thing. Like there's the cards you play in building that deck. Um, you know, for the combat is more interesting to me. For we that. might get him to pick this up, Tim. Nope. Not oh. gonna pick it up, but I would. I would definitely play it. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's not uh, one I would dread to play. I'm gonna throw this out there. I have a birthday in about nine months. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's it? <laughs> so we can Just right around the up. corner here. Well, what you should do is save up your money and buy a used copy well, I'm for your birthday. I'm looking at, uh, well, I can look at the geek, but uh, eBay for $119. It's not bad. Cause it's it's like really a, not bad. I was like kind of surprised. Nine months, you save like 15 own. bucks a month. Yeah. You'll have it in no time. Well, I was throwing it out there as in, you know, if somebody wanted to give me a pretty cool birthday present it's one of those games whenever i remember it or see it i get sad because i think i never played it and it's real hard to get oh like i said it's even worse for me because i had that shot and i passed it up and then yep yeah. it's not as bad for me <laughs> what's number 87 tim number 87 is a game that ryan you and i have played before it's been a long time and that is descent journeys in the dark second edition it's a one versus many. One person is playing an overlord, controlling all the minions, the bad guys on the map, and the other players are playing their characters, and they're fighting through. It is also uh, like a story game, so you're playing through missions that tie together. You can upgrade, get different items between and during missions. 
it's one that I really like, but it's one of those where it's so hard for our group to play yeah. because you want to continue that campaign yes, story. Yeah. So you actually, you and I played a two player campaign. Yep. I don't think we ever finished no, it. No, we played three or four games of it. Probably. But we played quite a bit and it was a lot of fun playing. Uh, I think at the time I was the characters, yep. you were the overlord yep. in the main campaign that we started. I was the overlord. I, I did enjoy it both ways. Maybe not as much as like a game like Level 7, which it's kind of comparable to, but uh, I, I still enjoy it. It's still in my collection after us not playing it for so many years, but uh, it's definitely one that maybe when my kids get a little older, if they're showing interest in games, maybe doing a campaign with them. Well, and... You start up a campaign with them, invite me over. Really? I'm in. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoy this I one. I liked it. I like you know, level seven is like my favorite of this type of game, yeah. but that one's longer than this too, especially when you do the later campaigns. Yeah. But I did, I did like this. I enjoy it. You know, I like the fantasy theme, leveling up. Um, yeah, it's always one I've wished. Like, man, I wish we could get this back to the table and play it some more. It's that dungeon crawl that I want. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the dungeon crawls aren't my favorite and because it's a campaign that kind of like brings it down for that. I don't really want to play a game like this that much like if it was you know one-off games you play a few games sure i'd do that but because of that campaign i don't want to commit to you know trying to play this a bunch of times basically so when um you start that uh, campaign with ryan and kids you don't need to invite me it's okay (laughs) (laughs) all the better because i know you wanted to i know you wanted to yeah i'm sure of number 86 Uh, i believe the artist for this game is it's the, is it the same similar art to Champions of Midgard? Maybe uh, no, but it is the same no. artist as Raiders of the North Sea and Architects of the West Kingdom. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Okay, all right. Um, it's Architects of the West Kingdom, which we've all played. Yep, yep, and talked about several times. We've done a so. review on this one. Yep, yep. Definitely one I I like. Not as good as Paladins, but oh, not nearly as good. It's probably closer for me to as good, but yeah. I I wasn't as big a fan as other people in the group of this one, and it has dropped with more plays, definitely, for me. I don't hate the game, but I will definitely, you know, if there's something else I have some interest in, I'll probably pick that over over this. I kind of like the kind of unique with, you know, know, different things where you pick up other workers, you know, put things in jail, and you pick them up all at the same time. You know, kind of a different kind of twist on the worker placement and stuff. So that, you know, I kind of like, so... Yeah, I enjoy it too. Number 85 is Raiders of the North Sea. Uh, this is another one by the same designer, same artist. and He did Starry Night, right? <laughs> he, he went over that. Yep. Okay. And Forbidden Stars. Okay. Champions of Midgard. <laughs> did he paint the Sistine Chapel too or no? Or am I thinking of someone else? I think it's the same well, guy. That, yeah, it's the same guy. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, I... This is kind of like Architects for me. I didn't uh, jive with the hype that everyone gave this game. Um, I thought it was okay. Um, My biggest annoyance was besides just, I don't know, it was kind of meh. You're picking up, you can't plan ahead. You don't know what workers you're going to have available to you when you're picking one up. Just the whole game as a whole was just like, uh, it's all right. Aaron also threw in all the expansions on me on the first play. Yeah. Which I heard have do vastly improve the game, but it was kind of like play, it was kind he's of thrown much, in two yeah. big expansions. Yeah, like the the one yeah thing that 
hurt the game for me was the fact that it real tough to do that planning and like I can try to set something up but I may not be able to do it like I only played it two times I'd, I'd certainly play it again I definitely didn't dislike the game um, but at least from those initial two plays probably have it a little bit below architects um, but like the theme of it so like I want to like it it's there's a lot of played a couple tons more times. of Viking it's, games out there, and you haven't hit your perfect one yet, have no, you? No, I haven't. And there's, no, there's, there's some a lot that I, I like in that, but Vikings the, are hot. The good thing is, that, yeah, it's a it's a theme you can find pretty easily. So it's probably only followed by or behind Cthulhu and zombies is really probably about it. Fantasy, like if you want to be that generic, well, about yeah, it, yeah, just, that generic, just fantasy. Generic, yeah. I mean, space. Like, <laughs> yeah, but, come, on, come on. Yeah, I. I enjoy this game more than you two, the way you guys are talking about it. Uh, I uh, you've played a lot on the app. Yes, I was going to get to that. I will say I like it on the app actually better than in person. Wow. And the reason better is... Better company? Well, that's part of it. But the biggest thing is because it plays so quick. Because, you know, if you're feeling like you're restricted in your actions on the table, it seems to drag more. Okay. Where the app, it's real quick. Yeah. And okay. I've been, you're, not, you're not as invested on the app correct. and stuff. Yeah. And it yeah, I've been playing with um, a friend of the show, Gaming Yeti. He's uh, I've played a few times with him. He's beaten me every time, which shouldn't be a surprise. Oh, okay, he'd fit in with our group pretty well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Slapping you around. <laughs> <laughs> it carries over yeah. even in the digital realm, so... That's good to know. But the, the app's really good. I would definitely recommend it. Okay. Trying it out. Yeah, it's, it, it definitely isn't a game I, I hate it all, and I'd gladly play it again if you know you or Aaron or somebody picked it. Um, just didn't – wasn't that great game for me, but it certainly wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Number 84 is Teotihuacan City of Gods. It is a game that we've all played. We reviewed it. I'm not sure if you were with us then. Don't know. Okay. It's not. Um, it is a game that I do enjoy. I remember when we first saw this game at Origins a few years ago, we sat down and tried it, and I felt like my head was going to explode, but in a good way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because it was like, whoa, this is cool. I liked how the the dice movement around the board and then you're slowly making your people better, mm-hmm. and then they can eventually ascend once they hit the six, and they go back down to one. Start over, yeah. Um, it's been a, a little while since we played it. I would definitely like to play it again, and with the expansion because I, I know you have that. You have it, yeah. So, I would uh, definitely recommend this to people. Yeah, really, I really like that game. Same thing with that first play, like. I don't really know what just happened there, but I think I'm really gonna like this game once it comes out. And Ryan, glad glad you got that. And uh, yeah, ready to ready to play it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoy the game. Uh, it has dropped a bit for me, but it's more of a drop of like eight and a half, nine to a eight, eight and a half. So it's not like much. So of a you drop. hate it? Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah. yeah okay. So it's it's a small yeah, drop. So we're never but playing again. Still a drop, but it's I am damn. still uh, 
still excited to play it again. I would like to try it with the expansion. Uh, maybe part of the drop for me has been because Johnny beat me last time I played. Oh, that'll do oh, it. Yeah. yeah. Might as so, well get rid of that game. Yeah, I, Just I, burn I'm it. I'm surprised it didn't drop to a four. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm interested in trying out the expansion. Uh, it's a fun one. Number 83, we have an Uwe Rosenberg game. It's Agricola. It's the revised edition. Um, obviously, the main Agricola it will be coming up later, so we don't need to go into it too much. I don't know if you know any differences. We have not played Agricola. I think they so revised some things. Yeah, it was revised. You think they revised bit. it? From the first yeah, original yeah. edition. The artist is now the guy from Architects of the West Kingdom. I thought you did the first one. No? <laughs> okay. So we'll get into Agricola later. Yep, and I think... I don't think there's a ton of differences in the game, so it's pretty similar. So we'll we'll just go right on by. Number eighty-two, Tim, is a game you've been hot hopping on lately, and that is Aeon's End. <laughs> yep, hot hopping. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fun deck builder. I enjoy it quite a bit. The coolest thing it does is the whole when you discard your cards, uh, you discard them in the order that you would like when you use them and then you instead of shuffling your deck when you have to draw back up you just flip your discard pile over so you can kind of set yourself up as you're playing along yeah and i think that's one of the reasons i typically am not a a huge fan of like just straight deck builder games is because a lot of it's like oh i have all these things that will work well together and it's yeah do i luck out and get them at the same time where this one you can you can do, you know, you can basically set yourself up to be able to do that. So I'm more yeah. excited about that kind of mechanic um, in a deck building game. So I'm a little more interested um, for that the reason. I think does it have a variable turn order? You said yep. as well. Okay, yep. uh, that's kind of cool too. Where that's the only deck you actually shuffle is throughout the game. You shuffle oh. the turn order deck. Okay, and then okay. that's randomized. Okay, yeah, it's one of those that. Uh, liked it a little more than I thought it would. It's kind of that pure deck builder that's close to my favorite-ish, like with Clank and the Legendary Encounter Alien game. The um, biggest annoyance I had with it is maybe I wish I had more variety in the cards I could purchase. There's like, what, maybe six? Uh, I think nine cards. Eight, something like, yeah, it's just, like I wish cards. I had more cards to look at in order to buy, okay. but it changes each game, and the game doesn't play that long anyways. But, yeah, it's a fun one. I'd play it again. Number 81, I would consider this my favorite Pandemic game. Wow. That's Pandemic Iberia. Yeah, the biggest thing that... It's basically Pandemic. You know, we're not getting away from that. But the biggest thing it adds is the um, the trains. You can build trains for routes to move around the peninsula faster. It has... The different special abilities, some of them are the same, but it adds where you can purify water in some locations. Uh, I can't remember if it's... Yeah, this, this is set more in the, you know, somewhere in the 19th century, somewhere, yeah. I think. And that. Yeah, it's a little more geared towards that. So then you can also play with some variants. I've never tried it, where each disease has basically a special to it, makes it a little harder for, you know, however you want to play it, so... It's a good one. I like it. Yeah, played this one one time, I think. It was kind of at the point where, like, I'd played, liked Pandemic a lot, and I played it, and I kind of got played out with Pandemic, and I, it wasn't, like, right after, but it was a little close to it. It was nice to get a little, you know, refresh something a little bit, 
you know, not a huge different, but you know, just not the same pandemic. So I kind of like that. Um, but still at the point where like pandemic, you know, really like it as a good cooperative game game to get me into it, but I don't love the game anymore. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it got a little old for me. Yeah. It's probably the same for me. Pandemic's kind of, it's pandemic. It's kind of meh. Just played it enough where it's like, whatever. If I'm teaching new people into the hobby, you know, I'd play it with them, have fun with it. Uh, Pandemic, Pandemic Iberia, I'll play either one. I'd rather play those than that Fallen Rome one and probably some others, but yeah. Number 80, we have a game by Jonathan Gilmore and Isaac Vega. I believe um, those are guys who did the art for Architects of the West Kingdom. Actually, no, no. Okay. Oh wait, yes, yeah, they did. Um, but the game is Dead of Winter, a crossroads game, which is kind of a semi-cooperative zombie survival type game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's been a while since we played again. We've all played, correct, Michael? Yep. Um, yeah, it's just kind of, uh, it sets the story. You're trying to survive through this, you know, zombie apocalypse, different events happen. Crossroad cards are probably my favorite. They, you know, present a story that trigger at different times, depending on what's going on with the players or the board state. And to me, that's, it's one of those things kind of like we talked about earlier in the episode with like just one and code names it creates those moments where we laugh about stuff and it sticks with you like the the one where we find the uh the lumberjack guy naked lumberjack going through yeah the woods. he like jumps out of a tree and he's like wrestling a bear and he's running around naked it's just funny just goofy yeah. and just it's just funny <laughs> yeah uh, it's one that i personally haven't picked for quite a while on a game day but if anyone else picked it I'd jump right in. I'd be excited to play and ready to go. Yep. I like the theme it brings in. I like the tense feeling and not trusting anybody, you know. I it's one I really enjoy. Number seventy nine is Kemet. This is probably my favorite of the Madigo series of their big box games. I really like the upgrading of the tiles and stuff. That's probably why I enjoy it more than the other ones. I like the bidding a lot in Cyclades. I like the upgrading of the tiles in this one. It's I'm not crazy about it, but I'll definitely if someone picks it, I'm not gonna be like, oh man, I gotta play Kemet. I'll definitely mm-hmm. I'll definitely play Kemet. Right. Yeah, it's I'm with you there. I don't think I like it quite as much as you do. I like Cyclades a little better than Kemet, but it's still a fun game. I wouldn't turn it down. It uh, I I did just see this morning or yesterday. That they're coming out with a second edition of it, or a new version. It is called Kemet Blood and Sand. I don't know anything more about it, but it's... Might have just changed the artist. Yeah, I think they have the guy that designed the uh, Cathedral of Notre Dame. He came back and he uh, he helped design some of the aspects of this game. So, Michael, that, you should be excited. That would make sense, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that would be... Yeah. I think that's highly likely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Play this one like it's similar to Cyclades for me in that I like one part of the game. I like Cyclades, I like the auctioning, and this one I like the upgrading the tiles thing. And I definitely do not like the battling part at all in either of them. All the fighting stuff like I just <laughs> just doesn't do it for me. I like the combat in this. I I'm fine with the combat in Cyclades. I like the combat in this one though. 
So you got but it's made card yeah. play, and then you have a lot bunch of different cards that you can pick from. Whether you're doing damage, you know, trying to be defensive, attacking, win the battle, and then you got like the little secret cards that you can play too. Yeah, I do like this one more than the Cyclades. I think the battling is is better in this one, but I I just still don't like it. But I I do like it more than Cyclades in that that regard and overall. Number 78 is Star Wars X-Wing, the miniatures game. Again, it's one that uh, I know, you, Ryan, you and I have played. Yep. It's been a while. Yeah, it's it's one of those. We played the first edition. They came out with a second edition. I don't really know what they changed. They came out with, you know, more ships, just oh, more tons and tons stuff. of yeah. ships. Yeah. Uh... Scum and villainy faction, I think. Yeah, the other faction, or I might be wrong on that. No, that's right. Okay. If I remember, uh, it's one that I I do like. Yeah, it's just been a while since we played, so I don't. For me, it's like Descent. I get a little sad. I always get itch to play it here and there. It's like ah, I go for a game of X Wing, or mm-hmm. you know, kit out my little ship and put a little yeah, stuff that was on it, fun and then that. and then zipping around and just blowing each other up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for like I'm not into tactical miniature games. Um, haven't played any, I don't believe. But if I were to play it, this would be the one I would want to play. Just you know, the theme, you know, be able to fly around in a X-wing or you know, Tie Fighter, you know, that kind of thing. That that would be fun to me. And just like if I'm gonna do a just like you know, dog fighting kind of style of game, you know, do that. Like I'd want to have it with a theme like this that I'm interested in, and like can think of the movies while I'm. Mm-hmm. Doing this like ah, I'm Luke Skywalker, ah, take that <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. So. Pull up, Barkins. There's <laughs> <laughs> too many of them. <laughs> so uh, number seventy-seven, we have a game from uh, Canada, back a nineteenth-century <laughs> game, uh, Crokinole. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got no interest. Yeah, I'm gonna let you I know guys this go is kind of like a. Subculture thing where people, the people that get into it, really get into it and make really extravagant boards and all that stuff. Yeah, it, I'm familiar with the game because there's a good amount of like it will show up at, that... in curling, like at going to a bond spiel or something, which is like a tournament. There's a good amount of people out in the curling community that have crokinole. So I'm familiar. I haven't played it, uh, but kind of a dexterity game where you're flicking these discs. Um, there's some pegs you got to get through. Kind of interested just because, well, you know, a lot of curling people do it. You know, anyone plays who curls, like they're kind of they're a little bit of Canadian in at the heart because that's that's a Canadian sport. Is this actually like a officially like a Canadian? I gotta yeah. assume he's making this up. <laughs> yeah, I I heard it was like come from Canada and like it's an old game. Like they don't even know who like. Okay, so it kind of might thing. not. It's probably not a Canadian game. It, it is. Just... It definitely is. Uh, but you know, a dexterity game where there's actually like, uh, is this another? This is the artist from. <laughs> no. Oh, this is this actual one, fact. Yeah. I mean, you could try to prove wow. me wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, let me know if I am. But I'm. It's probably I'm pretty sure. I'm I, guessing. Yeah, there's. They don't have a. It's okay. Old enough where they, they like don't golf. know who invented it. Like who invented golf? No one knows that. Uh, but it's a dexterity game where, like, when you start, it's just like, can you hit this thing? But it's there's actually tactics to it and everything. And like, well, if I hit this right here, this is a tougher shot, but I can kind of 
and decide hit this one this way and just move this one this way. So there's actual tactics in that to it instead of yeah. just like, oh, hit this and and that's it. But I can see why people are into it. I would certainly want to play it sometime. Yeah, for, just a, for, for a dexterity game, it's one I would want to try. But what do you got, yeah. Tim? I just chuckle because I look at this. Okay, so the designer's uncredited. Okay, we yep. knew that going in. Uh, it says it's got a date on there, 1876. So how do they know the date, but not the designer? Which is bizarre. But probably just put a date in there. But then they have then. they have two artists listed. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean it's just a board. I mean just a wooden board. Yeah. I mean I know, you know, if you go on, you look up, look up the cor- uh, crocodile boards. I mean, you could get the real fancy ones. I mean, there's pictures on here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hundreds they look and hundreds of dollars. Beautiful. I mean, they're basically like wall art that you pull off yeah. and like slide discs on or your stuff. But yeah, I, if Michael got it and brought it. I would I can't just possibly do it imagine a few times. actually getting it. I'm not going to put that kind of money to it. The Ooh. only thing that would, would happen is if someone saved us. Someone had it and I played it and liked it and it was like, oh, let me borrow this and yeah. come play with people. Like, I can't imagine I'm going to like it that much where I'd ever get it unless I have all the money. But I could see I next time he goes it. to a, a curling tournament, he's going to bring one home. And he's, be got, like, yeah. he's got Crokinole. Um, uh, well, they, 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 do have, um, yeah. they do have uh, raffles sometimes at those, so maybe somebody will fork out a oh, I, Crokinole board I and I won win it. this. Yeah, I, I, I didn't <laughs> buy it. I won it. <laughs> Making up my excuses yeah, now. He bought everyone's raffle ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so number 76, the final one on the list is Pandemic. Uh, I talked about Pandemic Iberia, and now we got Pandemic. I guess if I was going to play one of them, I guess I would probably pick this one because I'm going to be teaching new gamers. But, yeah, it's okay. It's fine. I played a lot when I first got into gaming. I enjoyed it then. I think it's fine and okay now, but I don't have a craving to dip my teeth into the Pandemic sweet treat. <laughs> dip your teeth in. <laughs> I haven't heard that before. <laughs> it went weird, but you were, you were yeah. covered nicely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know where I was going, and I kind of just fumbled around. And so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's played it a lot. It was it was fun, but like mentioned many times, you know, times before, it, it's waned on me. So, so yeah, it's, that's where I'm still at. Hasn't changed in the last ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, how about you? I'm still looking at crocodile boards on it. So. <laughs> Which one are you okay. going to get? You're going to get one I'm for me for my birthday? <laughs> so how many of these have you guys played? So I believe if you count, just because I don't know what the changes were in War of the Ring First Edition, I don't know if it was just better art or if they... I think, it was, I think a lot of it was slight balancing to cards and stuff but okay. i'm not 100 percent so sure. it's so you're you're saying it's basically the same real game, just, similar okay. yeah. i counted it in mine okay so if i'm counting that i've played 21 of these games oh, i've only Whoa. got 20 i know yeah i feel like a chump it was yokohama, yokohama it was, yeah, little was, rat yeah. Was the... yeah i played that i played 15 does that so, include crokinole <laughs> I, I haven't played it no he watched a video on it <laughs> yeah. so um what is the one you least? Uh, what's the one you most want to play on the list? Come on, you know that already. Forbidden Stars. That's same for me, Michael. Mine's Agricola. Yeah. I mean, I'd play yeah, first okay. the dish. I don't know what the differences are, but it's easily Agricola. Okay. 
Any What's, honorable mentions for that for you guys? Yeah, I mean, Agricola was on there. I mean, there's only a few of them I haven't played. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not <laughs> Name your top so, five that you haven't. <laughs> it was probably Forbidden Stars, then Yokohama, and Agricola. But yeah, I, I'd want to play all those three for sure. What's your least want to play, Tim? It, it, I mean, they're running away with it at this point. It's Crokinole. Crokinole for me as well. Mine is, uh, mine's Star Realms. Played one similar to that, so like, yeah. it's just because I've played Hero Realms and I don't love it. The next would probably be Descent, that I'm not really that interested in what? getting into. So, what is your favorite game on this list that you have played? I, I there's some really close ones on here, but I'm going to say Architects of the West Kingdom. Mine is Alchemist. Michael and Tim, one of you is right and one of you is terribly <laughs> wrong. And Michael <laughs> Alchemist, you got the right answer. And Tim. I'm disappointed in you. Pick again. Pick one of the other ones that was do close. Do better next time. Uh, you know I love Legendary. Let's go with that. Better answer. Still wrong? Uh, or? But it's a better answer. Okay. Okay. Tawakin? <laughs> it's a good answer, but... Dead Winter. Descent. Good answer. Good answer. All right. I think that wraps it up here, doesn't it? I think it does. All right, everyone. You can email us at dualwingames at gmail.com. You can be a real dual winner and join our board game Geek Guild. Uh, it is guild number 3471. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dual Win Games. Please review and rate the show on iTunes. We'd love that. And we'll see you in two weeks for another episode of Dual Win Games, a board game podcast. On episode 29, we review Cthulhu Death May Die. And we continue our look back at the Board Game Geek Top 250 number 75 through 51 and remember when you do a win everyone wins there you have it thanks for listening and sticking with us thanks a lot see you next time done listening to us drone on and do you want us to drone uh, I got nothing <laughs> um, no where I'm going with this <laughs>